0: it's so good it's
1: so bad that it's the that is the wrong answer actually
2: (laughs) it's just a wild rock
1: i am feeling this yeah 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 all of them what are you talking yourself into i've tried to talk myself into that
0: this
2: is what this podcast is for we're also trying to talk you into it Thank you for listening to talk me into the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like
0: whoa that's high energy
2: this week is the third record roundtable my name is jeff and i've been in julia louis dreyfus's parents house
1: my name is jimmy and i beat dan in the feats of strength
0: my name is dan and i don't drink alcohol but i wear a cologne that smells like bourbon you're such a man. Oh, of course yeah. you Does do. Does it smell
2: like leather and wood also? Uh, pretty much. It's, it's called <laughs> bourbon
0: amber. Oh my god! And it gosh. smells delicious. It's so, so masculine. like a rich mahogany. And You're, that's why I pinned you down. <clears> throat> Jimmy, throat> yeah. I must have smelled quite seductive as you wrapped your arms <laughs> around me. It was very cute. We did have the Festivus party a few weeks back upon the time of hearing this yes yeah it was like uh, two days ago i did draw jimmy's name out of the hat to perform the feats of strength it's which is dance. really funny because there was about 12 people here i know and it just so happened it was a, a pod it worked out good though because honestly like there was a lot of women here who were not really psyched about wrestling me except for one yeah <laughs> shout out to one of our fans jess yeah. who's listening now who specifically, she came prepared she, she like wore came with like shoes yeah, exactly. and like underclothes ready to wrestle so, <laughs> And uh, I was not prepared. Let's just say, uh, first of all, all props to Jimmy. He did beat me fair and square. Did.
1: Very quickly. Thus, that well,
0: that's where a little bit of the controversy comes in. <laughs> it was like 30 seconds. I will, not, uh, I will say that Jimmy likely would have beaten me, no matter what the circumstances were. <laughs> uh, when I took hold of him, <clears throat> excuse me, still fighting the cold. He was much stronger than I thought he would be. Uh, <laughs> He's I got, got that
2: simple boy strength.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I got one reversal on him, and then uh, I was unprepared because the clothes I was wearing were a little ill-fitting. And once we went to the ground, ooh, they started to ride up high. Yeah,
2: yeah. I don't, I don't know. He only got you on one shoulder, and you gave up. Yeah. I was, I was, I was refing.
1: So <laughs> well
0: I was waiting to get both shoulders on You're the ground. You were
1: mainly there, so we didn't knock over the TV.
0: Jeff's right I sort of conceded Because number one I did feel that I wouldn't Beat Jimmy I could feel his strength and his weight On top of me like a good (laughs) man so you're a wuss Yeah (laughs) you're a coward no as I'm explaining (laughs) This is the thought process That ran through my head okay I could drag This out and he'll probably still win and my complete belly is hanging out, and I could feel my pants riding down. So, if this is an inevitable loss, let's just take the loss now and not show the entire crowd my naked, milky white torso. I mean, sure. So, full. I mean, full props to Jimmy. He's strong. Jeff is pointing at the ceiling. There's
2: a spider floating down. Oh, cool. What's up, Pod
1: Pal? Just let it let it live. Yes. So yeah, that, that, was, that was fun. That was my first Festivus. Yeah. We had a good time. And yeah. Jeff. Yeah. You've been inside Julia Louis- Julia
0: Louis-Dreyfus's parents' house. I love this story.
2: Yes. Yeah, so her father owned a company in Wilton, Connecticut called the Louis-Dreyfus Corporation, I believe. What's the Fitting. crazy name? And uh, my father was the the telecommunications guy there. And, you know, he took care of all the phones and stuff. And um, he hired my dad to work on his home in Mount Kisco, New York. So this was when like Seinfeld was on. So I was still like a kid. It was like the late 90s. Yeah. And uh, my dad just took me up there. He's like, this will be cool for you to see. And, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of pictures of (laughs) Julia Louis-Dreyfus there and like magazines with her on it. And like childhood Oh, so photos? you knew going
0: into it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, for some reason in my head, the story was that you showed up and then we're like, whoa, there's a lot of pictures of Elaine here. No, there <laughs> was
2: like a, they have like a little farm too. There's a picture of her as a little girl like holding a sheep.
0: It was oh, cute. I'm in love with her.
2: And, um, yeah, none of her family was there. There were some uh, workers there that we met, but my dad knows them, and he said they are very nice So you people. were just hanging out yeah, with your dad and the rest of the help. In, in the basement, <laughs> while he was on a phone call trying to fix their phone system to some <laughs> lady in Colorado who charged like $30 an hour for
1: help, nice. and they could afford it because they're rich. I just now realized this was connected to my Festivus thing. Yeah, it is. It's very sign <laughs> I, like, oh, yeah, I yeah. think
2: I thought of it while we were watching the episode. Oh. Uh, yeah. Great. Great, Very good great times. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jeff. Do we have any reviews or ratings or correspondence from the people who listen to our voices that want their
1: voices to be read? Yes, they sure wow, do. Wow, we do? Isn't that exciting? It really is. Guys, we have a five-star review. <laughs> yeah. That's about right. That's all yeah. we deserve. The subject is good. <laughs> Jeff, three O's. You forgot to put the person's name, but it's okay. No, I did not. It says Candy Cool Cake right there. I don't see that. Right underneath the stars. Oh, there it is. I see it now. Guys,
2: just so you know, I I print out the reviews so we all have it in front of us so it's easy to read so we're not looking through our phones. Yeah. And I put all the information right there.
1: And I still couldn't see it. Simple gym. (laughs) (laughs) This says, good podcast. I like the Beatles and it's the only episode I've listened to, bro. Sorry, but I like the Beatles. Stop calling me a dodo bird and talking about duty.
2: Listen, if you don't like... Hearing about duty, you're a dodo bird.
0: That's all I'm saying. But thank you very much for the. I feel like that person really hit close to home. Like, that is the heart of this podcast. (laughs) Like, if (laughs) listen to one episode,
2: have to let you
0: know it's awesome, have to let you know, bruh, why? (laughs) And Jeff
1: calling people dodo birds. It is a very Jeff centric. Uh, comment.
2: Yeah, it is. I, I really stuck to that. I think it was the Touche Amore episode. I talked myself into saying Dodo Bird and yeah. true. I've been I've been going hard on the Dodo. It's oh, a good
0: one. Some would say a little too hard. Some would say. Candy Cool Cake would so say. So
2: if you want to leave us a review Apple Podcasts, please do. You can leave it on Stitcher. I don't think anybody has. You can't on Spotify, so send us an email. Talk yeah. me into at gmail.com <laughs> Tweet at us at TalkMeInto And thank you for liking us. Yeah, also, this isn't
0: isn't a review, but we were invited to a press screening of an independent film in Boston, which we can't make, but please feel free to invite us to things, because if it's convenient, we will show up and talk about it on this podcast. Yeah.
1: Thank you. And then Dan deletes the email and doesn't tell anybody about it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's what happened.
1: This show is talk me into. <laughs> this segment is talking ourselves into. Slam so that's what we're going to do. coffee. So this week, I am going to try. Mm. I haven't done this yet. Okay. But it's sort of a resolution. We're, we're not... While, while we're recording, we're not at the new year yet. But it is going to be a resolution for me to start using social media a little bit less. Mm.
0: Less? Eh? Yeah. Oh.
1: So... I, There's a lot of days where I'm just sitting on my couch, and just scrolling through Twitter, looking at Instagram, going through the Facebooks, and I just do it all over again. Like, literally, right after. Yeah,
2: like, once you get to, you're on Instagram, and it's like, you're all caught up, and I'm like, we'll see, refresh.
1: (laughs) Exactly. There's one more.
0: By the time you get to the end of Facebook, you're ready to start Twitter again.
1: Yeah, so... I just want to start cutting that stuff out of my life a little bit more. Like, obviously, I'm going to still be promoting uh, Talk Me Into. I'm still yeah. going to be coming out, talking, making my little jokes on Twitter.
2: The only reason I still have Facebook, I use it significantly less than yeah. I used to, but it's like, there's so much family on there that's like, I don't really, you know.
0: It is convenient for
1: like, them. the festivist party, I did all yeah. my invites through that and stuff. I agree. I, I think social media does have a use, but... It, it does sort of come down to a time waster where um
2: yeah so when you're not on social media on your couch instead you'll just
1: be watching tv without social media on your couch <laughs> well it, it does sort of doing come to things it does some sort of come more to i want to be doing more things as opposed to like just sitting on my couch watching social media it could be watching more tv or it could be uh playing more games because like Obviously, I'm a video game boy, but I don't play as many games as I would like to be. And I'm spending a lot of money on these. So I should probably be doing that and at least getting some sort of substance as opposed to, I don't know, creeping on some girl that I went to high school with.
0: I feel you. I mean, I've had similar thoughts and it's an interesting time in our culture where the idea of giving up social media to be more productive means having more times to play video games and watch TV. (laughs) but it is kind of true it's a new england winter you know well i i still think that there's at least you're like engaging in some sort of art whether you consider
1: video games art oh yeah yeah i thought you meant social media no no
0: i'm like even though you know like for me i've been trying to replace some social media time with like reading comics i'm trying to get back into that me too so i i feel where you're coming from i mean i think twitter is useful to stay on top of things instagram is fun yeah facebook is you could pretty much cut most of that time out
1: yeah Uh, facebook i I spend more time looking than posting which is uh, also with instagram i feel like uh
0: there's a cutoff at 40 everyone (laughs) under 40 reads facebook and doesn't post on it and everyone over 40 posts on facebook
1: yeah my facebook is mostly reposting my cringe worthy stuff from like 10 years ago that show up on my memories but um yeah so i'm trying to cut that out trying to um trying to do more things
0: i like it yeah jeff yeah.
1: Oh. oh okay i oh. was gonna go to dan oh. you
0: want to go to me yeah. yeah let's go to you let's go, go to, you go to me. Dan, okay. let's go to
2: you we're going to dan guys okay. guys
0: you following we're going to dan okay so at the time of this recording it is a few days after christmas yeah and what i'm talking myself into is reorganizing and i'm sure jeff's talked about this a little bit i'm sure i've talked about it occasionally but you know i'm a
1: slob i don't
0: do that yeah see i I primarily am a slob, but I'll get into these like moments like I'm in now where I like once I commit to reorganizing, I do go full in mm-hmm. and I will do a good job of it. I don't know where you stand, Jeff, but I'm mediocre. Yeah. I think you sort of like keep up with your stuff. I like to, but I'm really bad at it. Me yeah. You don't obsess over it like I do. Like, it's kind of weird. I'll go like five years of just like a mess, just like throwing books in piles <laughs> and then like. I'll commit to not only like getting them like organized, but literally like making donations, dusting my bookshelves, organizing them in alphabetical order and by genre. So like that's where I'm at now is I'm sort of like in ultra organization mode. I
1: get in that mode like once, maybe a year, maybe two years.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. But right now I just got to the point where I was like sort of dealing with like a few more you know books that i got for christmas and stuff and
2: i have a list on the side of my refrigerator which isn't seen as much called 2018 goals and (laughs) all but two are unchecked yeah let's just like organize comics here yeah put this in a frame
0: nope (laughs) yeah so i mean so that's kind of where i'm at i don't have a lot to say but i i also tend to do these organization projects like starting at midnight which is like a really bad idea because then i'm i do too up all night like trying to quietly do things to not wake up my my niece and stuff and it gets a little crazy but i am like sort of satisfied with where i'm at with it nice i finally like put my books in order by sub by category i'm not alphabetizing them because i have limited space and like sometimes you got to just fit things in where they fit but it's kind of nice to have like all my um like Non-fiction in one area, fiction in another area, comics yeah. in another area. So I, I'm enjoying the process. I, I got to keep getting into it. I still got to go through like DVDs and stuff like that.
1: I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm OCD, maybe a little bit OCD. But I do like things like that, but I don't have like the room or the bookshelf space for that kind of stuff. But like my ultimate goal is to get like an entire shelf to put like all my video games on and like I want to do like all the cases for like games that I just have the carts for and stuff. So, like, I, I totally get that, and that's where I like to be, but, like, my ultimate motivation is, like, never there. Yeah. So. Jeff. Yes. What are you talking yourself into? Well, since you guys are trying to better your lives and, you know, just. <laughs> Jeff's just making it
2: worse. No, I'm try I talked myself into something that I have not made fun of uh people for doing. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like, why? You don't need that, wife. You don't need this thing. I'm talking myself into mobile nail clippers that's right a set of nail clippers you leave in your car for those cuticle emergencies
1: <laughs> you are such an odd person
2: because <laughs> like people do that right so there's like people who have one like one in their purse or at their desk at work in their car i've always just had one one set of nail clippers yeah in my bathroom i don't so i haven't new. heard of mobile
0: nail clippers i,
2: I just called them mobile because i meant like on the go <laughs> you just have like an extra yeah. pair uh yeah so I'm pretty obsessive about keeping my nails a certain length. I cut them Mm -hmm. about once a week. I think it, I didn't, I didn't realize it until you're not a biter, huh?
0: No, I'm not a biter. I'm a biter. Yeah, me too.
2: So like, I think it started when I started playing instruments. What I don't really anymore, but you would keep your nails groomed so you could play. And I'm just like obsessed with like, I don't like seeing white. On my fingernails, you know, I don't like them long because then like dirt could get under there. Yeah, I don't. And they you. feel that's all gross. gross. And like you know, I that's the the first thing I judge on a person is yeah. if their nails are gross and like dirty. Like if well, people, that's odd. if people deliver food and they hand me their food <clears throat> and like nails are long, I was like,
1: oh, Side gross. tangent. I remember you saying something about how you wanted like a full subreddit of people with dirty nails while playing Magic. the Yeah, Gathering. I'm working on that. Yeah, because <laughs>
2: <'cause laughs> ma- when you take a picture of Magic cards, I th- I don't know if it's. <laughs> like particular to magic where magic players are just inherently disgusting. <laughs> or if it's just that you're taking pictures of your thumbs, like holding cards, but there are a lot of people with disgusting <laughs> fingernails, yeah. just file. But, um, I don't know. So, but Every now and then, like one of my nails will, I don't know if it'll like grow longer. I just cut it weird and it's like a different length than the other ones. And I was just at work the other day and my pointer fingernail was a little too long and I kept touching the mouse while I was clicking. And I was like, oh, I can't have this. So on my break, I went to Target and I bought a nail clipper. I didn't get the cheap one, but I didn't get the expensive one. I paid $3 for it. (laughs) It's a really lightweight metal and it's it's in my car now. Clipped my nails in my car, got rid of all the little fingy nails. Tossed them right out on the ground and they're biodegrading as Mother Nature intended.
1: Weirdest talking
0: yourself into ever. I, I mean, I feel you. I, I don't really keep anything like that in my car. I guess I have a comb in my car, but. I, I did too. And then, like, the teeth mm-hmm. kept breaking off of it. I do have, like, a little, like, health and beauty aid. Like, is there a better su- name for that type of stuff? Because <laughs> no. all, all I say is, like, health and beauty aid. But I do have, like, a little, like, coffee cup at work that I stuffed, like, some some hand lotion, uh, a comb, a little bit of like a pomade. It's a different like a dop kit, sort of. Yeah, but because you never know, like at work, when you're gonna need. But stuff. I also don't clip my nails at work.
2: People yeah. have done that, and I'm like, "Come
1: on, yeah, really?" You. Can't I don't just... like finding fingernails or, in my. There was desk a guy either. doing
2: it at a restaurant one time. I'm on the patio, and he's clipping his nails, and like, he started to like laugh because one of them flew real far.
0: Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty gross. That's I mean, disgusting. I do bite my nails at work, but I'm fastidious about it. I, I'm actually like the rare person who actually like throws them in the garbage. So I, but, it's not. What else bad. do you do when you bite them? You swallow. Them? Well, most people like just spit them, Ugh. or just leave them wherever. Drop yeah. them on people the floor. Are animals. But uh, yeah. I'm all for it Jeff Keep those nails clean
2: Just you gotta Just you know That's it That's all I got
0: Okay fellas This week is another Record round table Because everybody loves them Yeah They're good They're my favorite episodes Yeah And you're our number one fan Jeff I am (laughs) So I decided Uh Last time we did a record roundtable, I chose Amy Winehouse. You did. And I had a very strong second runner-up. So I wrote it down, and I've just been holding on to it. I just know what it is. biding my time. So this week, I'm going to talk you guys into the album Flood by oh. They Might Be Giants. I didn't know oh, that. That's oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Okay. The reason why I picked this one. I do not even know you like them. Well, it's perfect for record to roundtable because this is... Pretty much the only album I like by them. Okay. (laughs) Um, Not saying I dislike them. I just haven't really been exposed. Yeah, so going on what Dan said, the point of a record roundtable, in
2: case you haven't heard our episodes, we want to bring a... Uh, like Dan, he brought up They Might Be Giants. He's not a huge fan of the band, but he really likes this one album. Yeah. So it, it kind of started because there was a group, uh, Tegan and Sarah, that I wasn't super into, but I really like this one album. So that that's kind of what sparked the idea. Mm. So we're all going to pick albums from groups that maybe we like one album, two albums, not necessarily their whole discography. He's not trying to talk us into They Might Be Giants. It, exactly. might, it might happen, but he's just
0: trying to talk us into this one album. Yeah, and the reason, so let me try to think back on how I got into this album. I remember knowing a few They Might Be Giant songs because just a friend of mine, like in high school, was a fan of theirs, and they were sort of like peripherally in the culture. Like some of these, you might know as they well.
2: They did an Animaniac
0: song. Yep. And um, they've done work in a few animated things. Tiny Tune Adventures, I believe mm-hmm. they did the theme song for. I didn't it. know that. I they tiny they're on that. They're all a little loony. (laughs) They they were involved with that series. I don't know if they did the the fun, Uh, but anyway. So peripherally, what happened was I realized that a few of these songs that I knew happened to all be on the same album. So one year for Record Store Day, they released a special anniversary edition of this album, Flood, and I picked it up because I was like, oh, I know three songs on that, and it's a cool release, and it's you know interesting. Yeah, and I ended up really liking it. I mean, I think that happens to me more when I own the vinyl because you're sort of forced to listen through the whole thing. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're on Spotify, you could just pull out those three songs and add them to a playlist or whatever. It's
2: one of the great excuses as to why you should still listen to vinyl in the digital age. That's true.
0: It's yeah. It's more engaging. So they might be giants. Um, they're sort of a duo with a with more of a band around them, but it's primarily oh, like these two guys. Um, we'll get more into it in the second half about their history but this album flood it's their third full length it's their first album released on a major label electra and um i picked it because not to say it's only about jeff because i think jimmy will enjoy it mm-hmm. it's got pop sensibilities it's got very interesting music theory wise some like they do some interesting choices with key signatures and key changes they the, you could tell they know what they're doing as far as composition nice but for jeff um They They Might Be Giants, and specifically this album, always reminded me of something that Jeff spoke about, which was, what if Weird Al just put a real album out, like a non-parody, non-comedic album?
2: So I don't, I really don't know much about They Might Be Giants. I might know the three songs you're talking about, I'm not sure, but they're, to me, Weird Al is like his own genre, right? There's not like, there's not comparable artists, but a lot of Weird Al fans love They Might Be
0: Giants. Because Um, they do, flirt flirt with some levels of comedy. Um, They're all over the place stylistically, which is a big marker. But they're also like
2: super, uh, super tight, right? Aren't
0: they really talented? Yeah, and they work like accordion and organ into their sound. So I think you're going to hear some similarities that you really like. And and Jimmy, like I said, I think you'll really respect some of the composition um, and some of the musicianship. Some of the songs that I sort of was referencing earlier, um, "Birdhouse in Your Soul." that's like a great song it's very weird i encourage you guys to read the lyrics on these when you okay. when you listen to them and even well, look didn't into they the do meeting. the the big bang theory theme song no that's bare naked ladies oh okay um which sort of coincidentally could be like this genre as well but yeah. anyways um istanbul not Constantinople. yeah that's the song I, was that tiny tunes or animaniacs i don't know that's a that's Istanbul was Constantinople. That's on this album. Oh, okay. Um there's some funny stuff. There's a really like messed up and hilarious song called Your Racist Friend about <laughs> what it's like to be stuck in a party with someone who's like racist and we you don't want to call scene. We all got one. And Jimmy is ours.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got it. So Jim, do
1: you have any uh exposure to they might be Giants? Um I think you played a little bit for me not that long ago and I was like, "Oh, they sound pretty good."
0: Yeah. I mean like I
1: said I, th- I
0: think they're a lot of fun They're very interesting And the songs on this album are catchier than What I consider a lot of their Releases Yeah, I'm excited for this um, And they did go on in the future To release some like very critically Acclaimed children's albums So you could see how yes I have heard that They could um sort of connect with That catchiness and that sing-along Nature So who wants to go next
1: I can go next Jimmy. Fine do it <laughs> So, for this episode, I was sort of torn because I was hoping to do this as a full episode, Um, but I I figured I can mask mask this into, like, because I'm not sure if I would have... I'm not sure if you guys would appreciate, like, listening to, like, three of these different albums. Hmm. Um, but I'm always really interested and worried at what Jimmy's going to pick. Because it's, like, it's
2: it, all it's, over the place. It's Ninja Sex Party and City
0: in Color. You can't get more different than
2: that. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, this episode, I'm going to uh, try and talk Dan and Jeff into Act One by The Deer Hunter. So I don't know what this is, Dan. I've heard a little bit. I'm worried. <laughs> so um the deer hunter has um, a six part concept album arc. And currently they're at act five, I believe. Um mm-hmm. So there, there's still one more to go. But uh, the concept album oh, so is so with six albums. Yes. Oh, but there's only five. But I'm only having you listen to act one. Um, It's a lot
2: of math I don't feel like doing in my head.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm making you listen to the first part of, like, this whole story thing. Right, I understand. So, um, the music in this is, like, progressive rock. Um, There's a lot of, Mm -hmm. um, uh, sort of, like, like you're watching a play. It feels like you're watching a play while listening to this, which is very interesting. There's a lot of, like, almost circus elements in this. It's very... It'll be interesting. I, I can't really explain it other than you guys have to listen to it to uh, sort of like figure it yeah, out. Yeah, I
2: can't even like, first of all, I've never heard of it. Yeah. But I can't even picture in my head what it would be like based on what you just
1: said. Yeah. So this first album. Um, uh the, the actual story doesn't really matter that much. It's more so like about like the metaphors. It could really mean anything. But like in the larger picture of listening to the other albums, it's going to be more important. So my ultimate goal is to have you guys really like it and then listen to the other albums. But it, I mean, if you only listen to this album and you only like this album, that's also cool. What's the title of this album? Uh, it is act one, I believe. Uh, what is it? The Lake South, the River North so
0: this could be a little confusing i do want to just clarify one thing for the listeners and for jeff you are asking us to listen to the deer hunter yes not deer hunter
1: yes d-e-a-r hunter the deer hunter and is there a space in there because i'm trying
0: to search and i was getting deer hunter which is the d-e-a-r hunter got it got it that is a different act than deer hunter yes it is sorry I should have specified no that. that's cool It'll i will be in the show notes. I think we've spoken about this one-on-one because yeah, you had talked about how you enjoyed this band the deer hunter and I was like oh deer hunter I know them and you're like yeah.
1: no, no you don't not Deerhunter." deer
2: hunter is like a hardcore
0: band right yeah like experimental
1: yeah that's yeah. why
2: I was confused like doubly
1: yeah so my, my buddy Colby got me into this band um they do have music that's not part of these acts um, but I really like the idea of a concept album. Um, I've only listened to a few of them, but the ones I've listened to are really cool. Like a concept discography. Yeah, basically. Um, so <coughs> it's going to be interesting. Dan, I think I could really talk you into this. Jeff, I'm not completely sure. <laughs> you, m- you might be interested in the story. I'm you might a wild card. You might like the music. You really are. I did not think that you were going to love City in Color. So we'll oh, see.
0: So hey, I'm optimistic because uh, when you were setting this up, I thought for sure we were getting a Post Malone Album. no <laughs> I was thinking possibly but if
2: we did I would just not listen to it make up some <laughs> shit and then say no at the end Jimmy's of the guilty
0: pleasure is post Malone
1: Ugh. yeah uh, I wouldn't say I love him but you're a sunny that's a good song guys mm-hmm. yeah but Da-da-da-da. so yeah guys listen to uh the deer hunter act one the lake south the river north jeff
2: Great. It's so weird that you picked a concept album because so did I. Oh. oh, this is a short one. It's an EP. It's six songs. It is from a band called Defeater and it is the lost ground EP, which was released on a two, seven inch set It's mm. six songs, about 20 minutes long. Um, Defeater is a hardcore band that is based in Boston, Massachusetts, but they have members from all over. I don't know too much about the band. Um, I've never seen them live. I've tried to see them, but it just never worked out. Um, and they have five full length albums and this was released in 2009 after their first album came out. So when I first found out about them, it was probably around 2010 and I found out about them because I was at a show in Providence, Rhode Island. I think it was H2O, Mm. which Jimmy likes. I I know Dan likes and a lot of people were wearing defeater shirts and i was like who's deaf eater (laughs) because it was like this different styles and it was one of those things i was like i've seen a lot of people that like the same music i like wear a shirt for the same band let me look this band up Mm -hmm. and at the time i think their second album either just came out or was coming out but the lost ground was out and i listened to it and i really liked it and um the, the concept behind it is it's a story of an African-American man during World War II. And it 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 follows his life from before entering the military, going to war and coming back home. And it is just like this really nicely packaged, emotional journey of mm. this man mm. lyrically. And the music just is powerful, packs a punch and follows follows this emotional journey. And Jimmy, I think you'll like it because I was shocked when you liked Touche Amore. Right? <laughs> and I think it's a more um, easily consumable pill to swallow okay. as far as hardcore goes. Because yeah. Touche Amore, there's a lot out there. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Dan, New England hardcore. You're going to like it. It's, it's simple. You're you going to like it. you
0: know that I actually know members of Defeater? I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I haven't listened to them a lot, but Jake Woodruff, the guitar player uh used to play for ambitions who oh yeah we played with a few times mm-hmm. and we're friendly with so yeah i've been actually meaning to get into them more i've heard some of their stuff casually but i don't think i've heard this ep yeah so
2: i do like all of their albums um i didn't want to do an episode on it because i don't want to say it all sounds the same cuz to me it doesn't but to somebody not into hardcore they might it might just blur together it's of a piece yes but even as a hardcore band they do things that are pushing the genre limits like their second album um there's like they have like a full album, it's like twelve songs, and then there's like four more songs that are like really acoustic, and they it's also a concept that follows a story. Um, they're they're really tight, but I really wanted to do this for a record roundtable because it's short, mm. it's powerful uh, musically and lyrically, and it, it it's just a a great release. And you know, I've I've been listening to it for a while, and I just listened to it on the way here just to kind of refresh my memory. And there were parts where my entire body just got chills. Still. It is cold out. It is. I was in a vehicle with heat, but I forgot to turn it on. So I was a little
0: chilly. Um, Yeah, so. Well, this should be a fun fun. one. It sounds like we've got some very different... Different genres Right and, and mm. just
2: a quick recap Let's go around Dan what are you gonna Have us listen to
1: I'm having you listen To the album Flood By They Might Be Giants Jimmy I am having you listen To Act One The Lake South The River North By The Deer Hunter And I'm
2: going to have You guys listen to Defeater's Lost Ground EP All of these releases Are available on Spotify Oh yeah Um. So yeah let's Let's listen to some music I'm, I'm feeling pretty good About this I'm excited I love I love the record roundtables Huzzah Okay. Fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, as we are recording.
0: Yes. And we are talking about records. I believe yes. yours is first. Ooh. Yes. So what did you have us listen to? I had you listen to the album Flood by the band They Might Be Giants. I and guys, need, we will be spoiling this album. I need to read They you are giants. Because I wrote down the album Flood. Did I Flood? listen to the right one? <laughs> yes. Okay. Are you speaking Naderlander at the time? <laughs> so what'd you guys think of Flood?
2: My first impression, before we even say anything, is that I am, all caps, shocked that Dan likes this. Really? I, I wouldn't
0: picture this as something that you like enough to talk about on a oh, show. Yeah. Maybe like you listen to it and you're like, not bad. It's perfect for a record roundtable, though, because it's literally the only album I've listened
1: to by them. Oh, it is their number one album on Spotify. Yeah,
0: it's pretty much their quintessential work. So
2: track by track, we're going to break this shit down. Uh, Oh, yeah. We don't have to get too in depth on everything, but we're still going to hit
0: every track. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, So theme from Flood. Okay, skip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's fun. I love albums that have like little weird openers and but What am I going to
1: say about it? What
0: does the world keep turning round? jimmy what'd there's you think how much do it I,
1: I thought it was funny i i do think it, it it's funny that the world is rejoicing mm-hmm. that uh they, there's a new album by they might be giants where it, which is pretty funny because they're like not a huge band at this point it's yeah the this is their first s- major second album i think yeah. yeah so yeah i thought it was funny like it, i could definitely see how that would inspire like other comedy albums mm-hmm. to do that because i know ninja sex party opens up an album every uh, like every album like this like they'll like have an introduction yeah i'm okay
2: with intros <laughs> but like if i'm listening to an album even if i like it I'm i'll just usually gonna skip, skip it, it. Like, i don't, I don't yeah. need to
1: listen to it yeah i would probably skip this too but it is funny it's only 28 seconds all
0: yeah. right well let's move on to birdhouse in your soul yeah so right off the bat this is my favorite they might be giant song oh okay hmm. i think it's the most interesting and the most catchy i also think it's their biggest hit what did you guys think of
1: birdhouse in your soul i thought it was good um I wouldn't say it was my favorite song off of this, but um I thought it was pretty good. It's a, it's kind of a song about a blue canary nightlight. Yeah. Exactly. I had to
2: look that up because I didn't really know what yeah, it I did was too. about. But that's what it's about. Um I I I didn't know what to expect going into this. Um you know, I've heard a couple songs, but I didn't know when you said they were a duo, and I was like, Oh, how's this gonna work? Um, I think that the vocals were pretty nasally, wasn't expecting that. Not yeah. necessarily a bad thing, but I just wasn't expecting it. They can and be. it had a, a, an interesting digital composition because for some reason I thought this was like a full band. I thought maybe it was like two guys, but it was like mm-hmm. they recorded as a full band. So I thought it was interesting because I wasn't expecting that.
1: The instrumentation in this definitely sounded like a song that could be on the radio today, which I think was pretty good. It, it sounds like they were like... Not innovators, but they're definitely ahead of the curve.
0: It's really hard to pin them down because they do work with other instruments. They do perform they do, live later with a the full on band. They do right, and and even on this album, it's all over the place. Some things are completely digital. Some pl- things are a mix. Um, there's some weird instrumentation. You get accordion on tracks. Right. So
2: after I listened to this and started taking initial notes, I found an article from Rolling Stone where they interviewed uh, the band about this album. They broke it down track by track, and they were talking a lot about. Uh, like a some specific type of Casio keyboard that they had. And at the time in mm. nineteen ninety, it was like it wasn't new, but it was still like pretty crazy to bring it in um on a major release on an album. And uh a lot of their budget for making this album went to like three songs and this was one of them. Oh yeah. Because it was like expensive to get that sound at
0: the time. I thought mm. that was pretty cool. There's a lot of layering. There's, there is. On, on all this. Yeah. Um but to me, like going from the theme to this is kind of interesting because it's weird. It's weird, and it's I wouldn't call that this album a comedy album. There's definitely no. funny moments, mm-hmm. but there's I would call it an esoteric album. So there's like it's sort of all it over the place. It borders on novelty, right? But it's not. I want it. Mm. I want to go that far. I mean, we get into the next track, "Lucky Ball and Chain," which is one of the funnier songs.
2: Yeah, the accordion hits hard here. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I I really like this one. It's it's a classic country western like thematic song. Yeah. Um, he lost his woman. Yeah. And, and now he regrets it. But this is this is like a song that really borders on novelty because you already have a genre change. Mm, um you have yeah. like gunshot sound effects in it, which I <laughs> thought it was fine. It blended into the music and it like set a mood and set a tone, but it's also not like done for comedic effect. So mm. it is in between comedy and novelty.
1: Yeah.
0: It's weird what'd you think of this one jim
1: yeah it was really good um i thought it was really funny like even just the title i find is really funny like my lucky ball and chain yeah like i don't know just he the took dissonance. her for granted
0: and now she's gone uh i mean yeah. um the one thing like i think i may have mentioned in the first part of the episode but um the reason why i think jimmy might like this is because even when things get weird and and off kilter and stuff these songs are still hella catchy
1: yeah they definitely I lost are. My oh, lucky
0: ball and chain. There's one on here that we'll get to
2: that I've been singing for like two weeks in my <laughs> yeah. head
1: and I can't get it out. I do appreciate the tuba at the end. I do like a good tuba.
0: Yeah. Huh, uh, you're a tuba boy. Oh, yeah. So then uh, I may have misspoke earlier when I said Birdhouse and Your Soul was the biggest hit because Istanbul, not Constantinople. Yes. That may be their biggest Knowledge hit. Knowledge is
2: fun and I know this
0: pop. Yeah. Yeah. This, I, I didn't realize it is a cover. Yeah, until researching this, yeah. I didn't realize it was a cover song. Yeah, I, I I knew that for a little
2: while, but I thought it was originally them for years. Yeah, um,
0: and uh, popularized
1: the, by them.
2: Yeah, the music again a genre change, which I really like. I thought it was done well. It mirrors the
0: the Middle Eastern culture, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's like insensitive or cool. I can't tell. I kind of want to listen to. Um, well, first of all, I I would say that at the time it was recorded, I wouldn't say it's insensitive because people weren't really cognizant of cultural appropriation I mean as much. you could use that argument for any sort of intolerance or yeah and people do or, yeah Um it, it's possible but I would I'd also be curious to listen to the original because I wonder how much of the Middle Eastern melodies and stuff are in there or if they put that in themselves and that's
2: the thing too because that goes back to what like the 50s maybe yeah
1: it's mm-hmm. the 50s yeah. yeah I did take so. a quick listen to it and it is very different. It sounds more like a barbershoppy kind of song.
0: I noticed that the group that recorded it was like a yeah a vocal quartet. Or something. I definitely
1: like this version a lot better. Um, but yeah, th- I thought the song was really good. I do like the beginning. It sounds kind of like a Zelda song. It's educational
2: mm-hmm. too. You know, I learned yeah. a lot. Of, I didn't know, I don't know what the hell Constantinople is when I am a kid.
0: Now I do. I didn't even know what Istanbul does. <laughs> it's nobody's business but the Turks.
1: Yeah, that's it's why was, I don't con- bother with it. It was confirmed this was on Tiny Tunes, not Annie yeah, I did yes. look this up
2: dead right is he is he dead from expired
0: groceries like i didn't get or it. is he the groceries I take it literally that he was reincarnated as a bag of groceries oh
1: yeah this was weird this is a weird song <laughs> yeah, it's
0: piano
2: and vocals only um very strange song it's uh, built like an old vocal round
0: yeah which is kind of an interesting i didn't think
2: it was very funny and
0: i think that this song was supposed to be funny just because of the subject matter and i didn't find it funny this is one that I group under esoteric. I don't think it's, like, funny because I don't think it's... Obviously, the concept is weird. Right. But it doesn't go so weird that it's, like, sh- like, punchline-y. So, for me, it's just a weird idea that they turn into a song, but it's also, again, very catchy. Yeah, so, very catchy. we're five songs,
2: we're five, songs, we're five riding, tracks in. Okay, keep singing. Keep going. <laughs> yep, keep dozing. It's really good. Um, we're five tracks in, and right now, after listening to this I wasn't quite sure of the appeal of this song and the album as a whole mm. up to this point. Cause I'm just, I still can't place like, I don't, I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah. But
2: let's move on. And maybe I know, maybe I learn.
0: Cause I have a feeling that the next song, your racist friend yeah. was a big one for you. I'm always the racist friend in every group. <laughs> no. no, I'm not. But I think the subject is relatable, and I think this is possibly yes, the most Weird Al of the album. Yeah, I was thinking hmm. that, too, because I didn't write that down, but the
2: music, it's so of its time in the best possible way. Yeah. It's just like a snapshot of uh, pop music and the instruments. And this is another one that's, like, real heavy on the keyboard, the Casio keyboard, and it is very Weird Al of the late 80s, early 90s. It's like that... Uh, UMF, unbelievable! Oh, that song! You know, it's it's really just like this silly, weird, fun, dancing. I I don't yeah. know how to explain. It's it. got that
0: weird um early '90s mixture of like the slap bass from like, it's di- like dance hall music yeah, with like distorted electric guitar. It's mm-hmm. like Toe Jam and Earl soundtrack with Cardi yeah. yeah, it's so cool.
2: Um, yeah, and there's like there's a guitar solo out of nowhere. They yeah. just throw it in. And there's a trumpet solo out of nowhere also. It goes it's, to like marimba. Yeah. It's it's great. And the and it's funny because it's like this really upbeat fun song but it has a pretty serious message yeah. to it that's really relatable to everybody. I think everybody has uh experienced been stuck that. in a
0: conversation at a party with someone who you're rapidly realizing is racist. Yeah, I I have a few stories like that that I won't <laughs> bring this party down and tell you, but it is not <laughs> Not Jim, a good time. Jimmy, what'd you think of this track?
1: Uh, surprisingly, I, I did really like this, but I did like the vocals a lot with this too, like the harmony and like, yeah, they are nasally, but it kind yeah. of like, that's like sort of the purpose there because it's supposed to be like breaking through like this sort of like hard, grungy uh, yeah. guitar. And it helps when you're doing harmonies and stuff. Like, yeah, it is not to nerd
0: out, but as Jimmy and I were like choir geeks in high school <laughs> um, and especially like Jimmy sang bass, but I sang tenor some of the time and they would always <laughs> so tell you like- Does that make Jimmy daddy? Oh yeah. yeah. They would, uh, Papa Jimmy sang bass, Danny sang tenor. Uh, (laughs) they would tell you to like pull the sound forward and like basically get more nasal because that's how you cut through, right? And like make it just not sound muddy. So to me, that sort of works in this band,
1: yeah. But yeah, that that interested me and I liked it. Yeah, it was a really good, really good song. Still relatable after 30 years, which is pretty sad, but yeah, you know.
0: Does anyone here beside me want to see a Particle Man comic book? Yes. Yeah. This is the
2: only note I wrote down for Well, I wrote down, too. I know this song because I've heard it before. Um, I'm not sure where, but this it was might also have been a cartoon. Tiny, Toons. Tiny Toons. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Um, if a comic book was a song.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's fun, but like a weird comic book that our friend Caleb would read. (laughs) Yeah, but like it's like Particle Man and Person Man and stuff. Yeah, but there's there's been a lot of like
2: weird um, deconstructions of comic books and comic books in the medium, yeah, in in comic books themselves that are done pretty well. And this is just another silly one.
0: Yeah, I would read about a gang of super friends like Particle Man, Triangle Man, Person Man. Who's the Who's the last one? I forget.
1: Anyways, Universe Man.
0: Yes, thank you. What did you guys think of this?
1: It was very funny. Yeah. Um, I, I I like this because like sort of just like the music kind of like went with it mm-hmm. like um I don't know they're talking about like science-y topics and stuff like the particle man is he water or like uh, does he get wet or does he make them wet like I don't know it was very weird and very strange but like I just love like the the instruments is kind of like clanging together like every other beat
0: yeah and it's also funny like they make artistic choices sometimes to use like shitty sounds yeah like so we just heard a song They had a realistic marimba part with real trumpets. (laughs) And then in this one, we get a trumpet solo that's very clearly a trumpet sound effect on a bad keyboard. (laughs) Which, which as time has gone on and fake sounds
2: have become better and like solely digital music like, you know, trap and all this popular music uh, genres that are out now uh, has not aged well. But I think it was an artistic choice. I like it. I, I don't hate it because I I place it in 1990, and I think that it was good. And I like the like what you're trying to say is the juxtaposition of the right. Real
0: they verse. could have had a real yeah. trumpet play that they chose to go with the fake sound, which yeah, is interesting cool. to me. Yeah. Um, twisting. What do you guys think of this? To me, this stands the- out as. One of the more like normal like pop themed songs on the album. Yeah, yeah, the Casio keyboards on
2: full display here. It's like a a total surf rock and roll. Yeah, but
1: this sounds a little bit like a Beach Boys song.
0: Yeah, it it sort of reminds me of like early like Weezer mixed with like Beach Boys because mm-hmm. you get like tight vocal harmonies, but there's also some like grungy like garage rock type stuff. Um, I played this in my in the car, and my dad was like. This sounds like the Beetle, uh, the Beach Boys, if they were playing in the nineties. Yeah, and I, I could see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Jeff, yes, we want to rock. We do. We want a literal rock. Yeah, is the point of the song. We want a rock to wrap. Everybody wants a rock
1: to wrap a string around. To wrap
0: a piece of string around.
2: Yeah, I, whatever. Like, if if you, I'm talking to this uh, and I listen to the album again, I'll just skip this song. Really?
0: Yeah, I didn't really care. Did you, you it. get into the lyrics, silly. Jimmy or Jeff,
2: on this song? I looked into Vaguely. them because I wasn't sure what it meant. And uh, I I believe in the article, the band said that it doesn't mean anything. They just try to be silly.
1: Oh, really? Because I read something about how it's supportive. It's kind of like about how like to motivate each other. Something about that? Oh, we're getting
0: real different takes. I had a theory and I sort of looked into it. And from what I heard sort of backed up my theory, which is that it's about the futility of consumerism. So at first, (laughs) no,
2: think about it though. Okay. It's just funny that the band said that it doesn't mean anything and you got that out of it.
0: The That's article I read was from the singer, so maybe he says different things to different people. That would be really funny. Wow. That would be funny. really very cool. That would be very cool. <laughs> but he cool. says, like, literally the first part of the song is an advertisement for a rock to wrap string around. And yeah. then the next part of the song is about a prosthetic forehead to wear on top of your head. Mm. So everybody wants a prosthetic forehead to wear on top of their head. I can see that. It's literally like commercials for completely useless products.
1: Yeah. I could, yeah, I can kind of see that. It know. is, it is, it's a fine song. Like, I, I, don't know. So the next track is one that
0: I skip when I listen to it. Really, because I think that it's better than the last one. Really, it's the
2: biggest concern is that uh, Mister Horrible keeps getting his chair moved. Yeah, and he gets it's angry over it. But I, the point
0: of the song is to like not sweat the small stuff. Yeah, and yeah. don't let the little things get you down. I think that's and also I think that message. there's way worse stuff going on in the world, and he's just <clears> focused <throat> on this little stupid thing. So what? He me yeah am i, I singing I like too it. much jeff no I, I like the singing i, just, I like jeff's just glaring at me i don't have anything to add <laughs> okay I, I was
2: looking at your weird smile while you said it hearing aid yes it is this is some fun music
1: very it's, fun it reminds me of um this game called Earthbound, which it just has like weird music hmm. yeah but um yeah, the music is really good in this. It's
2: bassy and there's like a melodica sounding synth, but uh-huh. not really a melodica. So they're doing a lot of stuff with uh, the keyboard that <clears> I really <throat> like. Um, hate the vocals, OMG is what I wrote down. Don't remember them off the top of my head, but at the time was not feeling it. Um,
1: I'd agree. Yeah.
2: So it's like, if if I remember correctly, somebody has a hearing aid and they turn it off so they don't have to like hear a coworker
0: yeah, complain. Yeah. Something like that. To be honest with you, I'm forgetting this one. There
2: was this girl in my middle school, and she had hearing aids, and the teachers uh, in the early to mid-1990s had to wear like these big like microphone kind
1: of things. I remember that. Yeah.
2: So the the student could hear, because she was hard of hearing. She wasn't deaf. And um, during certain classes she didn't like or didn't want to be there, she would turn off her hearing aids. And at one point, she fell asleep in class and was snoring, because she couldn't hear <laughs> anything. I'm like, that's cool. That's, that's me. It's a cool superpower to have. That's, That's all all really funny. About you this just song.
1: threw me back to like 2001. I was yeah. like, ooh, I forgot about that. Wow. Letterbox. Nope. Minimum wage. Oh, minimum, minimum
2: wage. wage. It's like a
0: really bad 60s educational video soundtrack,
1: and <laughs> I am here for it. Oh, it's really? Really funny.
0: To me, it reminded me of Gunsmoke or Rawhide. Yeah, Rawhide. yeah it's just like that too but it's minimum it's, wage it's of the same time yeah. it's so good yeah. it's so funny and it's all it's, this is, i this don't is understand this but... song
2: on the album <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't really have a point <laughs> but i just love it
0: because yeah,
1: that's my favorite part of it. i like it. that
2: there's no context yeah, yeah.
1: So i literally weird. just wrote down just look at the lyrics page because it was because i was going through the lyrics like song by song and then i just got to that one and it just said minimum wage yeah
0: well it's funny because i was like On one of those websites that tells you like The meaning behind song lyrics or something yeah. And uh obviously like The band has not commented on the song Minimum Wage At all right? (laughs) but one fan was like The only thing I have to say about it Is if there is One through theme in the music of They Might Be Giants it's that they hate Working jobs (laughs) Like literally like it's about just how Shitty it is to like work a 9 to 5 Job
1: like the Mr. Horrible one
0: Yeah um Then we get to (coughs) Letterboxd
2: It's a fast-paced, tongue-twisting romp. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I like it or not. Like, the music's the music's fine. I like the wordplay that they got going on in there. Not really sure what it's about, but,
0: like, it's it's fine. I thought it's funny how he's messing with, like, double and triple negatives and stuff like that. Yeah,
2: so I like I like that, and I think that might actually just be the point of the song.
0: Yeah, it yeah. feels Which like is it fine. was a, like an exercise in doing that. Almost like Bob from Weird Al. Yeah. Like, did Which just...
2: every line is a palindrome.
0: Yeah, so on this one it feels like he was just like, oh, let's just like talk really fast and use a bunch of like double, triple, quadruple negatives. It's fun. It's really hard to try to sing along with.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I could definitely see that. I just wrote down, I like when people sing fast. Uh, what would you guys think of Whistling in the Dark? This to me feels like, um, this is one of the songs where... I could really see where they hit these genres on the head like really well. Mm. Um, like this song, it, it felt to me like a weird, obscure like Night SNES game. Hmm. Like I don't know how else to describe it other than that. But it was a good song. It was fun.
2: I don't remember it. Uh oh. <laughs> um, I I either forgot to take notes or I was gonna go back. Whistling and I didn't.
1: in the dark. Whistling in the dark. Oh
2: yeah. yeah. I don't know. It was. It was I guess what I'm saying right now is that that's what I feel about the song. I just, it's. Yeah, not there is memorable. like a
0: little catchy part right before that where he's like, there's only Oh, you I, are. I do remember that. Yeah. I still have nothing to add. I'm sorry. I think it's just really the song is about um, just committing to being self aware and like being okay with who you are and stuff. Hotcha. This to me is my, is, isn't is like the worst song on the album. Okay. I'm very glad you said that because the, <laughs> the
2: first note I put an asterisk next to is this is so weird. I really am shocked. Dan likes this.
0: This particular song? <laughs> this particular this song. Album? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because it's like, I don't know what the hell it's about i i think it's it's catchy but like cheap sounding too so the keyboard works against them mm, here yeah and it, it's jazzy af which is cool like it, it's another thing like they're doing another genre and t- that's what I think taking their spin on it but yeah. jimmy what do you think about hot cha
1: yeah i wasn't a huge fan of the song either but it it this was another one where i was like they're just like just picking a genre and they're just sticking with it like this felt to me like a song from like a mystery cartoon or something well and
0: i think that this song very like apparently was just their attempt to make a jazz song because someone asked um one of the guys what hot cha meant and he said oh it's the sound that we use to describe the song to each other hot cha
2: hot cha like the the drums like (laughs) jazz drums
0: yeah exactly so that's all it is I think they just wrote A little jazz song I like that
2: um, Speaking of genres And expo- expanding their horizons Women and
0: men It's like an Irish jig They're exploring the seas Yeah It's a fun little genre This piece. is one of my favorites On the album yeah.
1: It's a good one
0: It's also very upbeat And lyrically incredibly depressing <laughs> It's about overpopulation And yeah. men and women Just reproducing And swarming over the earth And using up all It's natural natural resources Yeah Women and men I can't stop singing this album. I like it, dude. Let's just keep keep singing. Did we get to your song yet that you're singing like crazy? Not yet. We'll get there. Oh, boy. It's close. I know where it is. Probably. There's only like three songs (laughs) left.
2: So, Sapphire Bullets of Pure Love. Great name. Yeah. I have to to say it off the top of uh, this description because it's just, it sounds like a cheesy romance novel. It's amazing.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you know that it's an unofficial sequel to an old instrumental song i did not know that there's a song i don't remember who it's by but it's an instrumental track called bullets of love oh so they were like we're gonna do that but better we're adding two descriptors (laughs) sapphire bullets of pure love it's a very kokomo intro like later beach boys yeah Mm
2: -hmm. um organ heavy i like that I'm loving the keyboard. I don't know if you guys could tell, yeah.
0: but I love all the different things. Is this that bringing doing you back it. to your good old days of
2: ukulele Prendergast? <laughs> and Elvis Presley, <laughs> uh, two bands that aren't real that I was in. Um, but yeah, the song's about just like outrunning somebody shooting at them. Mm. It's cool. It's a little, little fun little song getting shot at. It's a vibe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a vibe. That's about all I would say about it. They might be giants, boy. boy been sucking my head so good
2: (laughs) it's so silly and good and it's like on their third album and it's their like theme i like when bands do that yeah when they have songs that are titled after their band the
1: bloodshot where the bloodshot (laughs) noodle kids i just Um, put that on one of my playlists it's pretty good
2: but when it's not on like uh their first album i just love it it's so fun um yeah it's like very Pee
0: Wee's playhouse themed young i wrote the exact same thing Oh, man. It's their most catchy, but also their most musically weird. Those little stalls yeah. in the middle where everything just falls apart and fades out, and then they come back in. I thought the song was over, and I was yeah. like, no, I want more. I got more! Like three times. <laughs> it it's, it's so It's good. such a weird place on the album.
1: 18 out of 19 tracks. Yeah, that's my <laughs> only complaint. It's so
2: I think it's so funny that they did that. I don't know True. what their reason was, but I loved it. Yeah.
1: This, this sort of reminds me of the, the corny song that they had to do in Inside and Davis. Boy. with uh oh, the, yeah adam yeah driver the JFK the JFK he just like
0: the outer space <laughs> yeah it is sort of like that it's got that 60s vibe oh, which i, I think, forgot adam driver was in there yeah it was like 2013 or yeah. something yeah <clears throat> i think um i mean peewee's playhouse was definitely inspired by those like weird early 60s children's yeah. songs yeah. and i think this comes from that same vibe yeah i i really like the song it was great Dear Mr. Um, Kennedy,
2: by
1: the way, is the title of that track. Oh, yeah.
2: Road movie to Berlin. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it has a feeling of finality, which is appropriate for I like um, the last track of an album. Um
1: then it has that weird interjection in the middle, and then goes back to like yeah. There's there's like song. um
2: there's a lot of whistling, which I dig because in <laughs> in the band Elvis Presley, which we just mentioned, which I was in, we had a song. It was a D and D bass band, and we had a song called "Loot the Corpse," and I had a whistle solo, and it was really fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a fun little. Fun I played little sound effects on that song. <laughs> you did, yeah. You had a keyboard that played sound effects. Are we? They might be giants. Yes, but way <laughs> worse. They might be ice giants. Yeah. There you go, Jeff. Let's do it, boy. So overall thoughts. I mean, before I get into what you guys think, I do do want to say like I was a little worried on re-listening through this that I that I may have picked an album that was a little daunting. Jeff picked an EP, Jimmy's album was fairly Remindly short. short. In number of tracks, and I picked a 19 songer, but several right.
2: of those were like short, yeah. kind of
0: not really. Yeah. Songs. I was hoping that you'd feel that way. Um, in I, befo- reality, it was I, like 14 songs. Before yeah. I listened,
2: I did not feel that way. I was like 19 tracks. What is? This and then when you doing? get into it, you're like vibing right through it. Yeah. I I, list, I wrote all my notes on one lunch break after I already ate, so yeah. it's not like it took a long
0: time. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think overall?
1: Uh Overall, I think it's sort of like a it's. It's like if me and my friends were talented, I would probably make an album like this. Yeah. Sort of like pretty clever. Um, the the music is like all over the place. It's very fun.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I like what they're doing with music and new instrumentation at the time. Um, there's a lot of experimenting on there. You can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not too outrageously funny and it's not really serious. And the things that are serious are dealt with very lightheartedly. Cause there are a lot of mm-hmm. themes on here that are pretty, they could get dark. There's like, um, losing a love <laughs> yeah. getting shot at dying population, literally dying mm-hmm. death. Um, and it's all very
0: light. It's very, very easy to consume. Okay. I guess it's that time Ooh. when I'll ask you Jeff. Yes. Jimmy. Yeah. Did I talk you into the album Flood by They Might Be Giants? Yes.
1: yes. Oh boy. Yeah, it's so, really good.
0: So
2: I'm I was this isn't a super convincing <laughs> album. It was it wasn't like a really like hard yes. I wasn't like I need more of this. Um and if you didn't talk me into Flood, you've talked me into listening to more They Might Be Giants. Okay. Because there are a handful of songs in here I really did like and are catchy, but there's some that I wouldn't place on an album that I'm
0: saying is like perfect. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's definitely ups and downs, but I will say that um, I sort of talked myself even more into Flood through this project. That's good. That's what this podcast is for. (laughs) Well, because what I want to tell you guys is that, um, you know, there's a few songs that I would just skip that have now become like things that I'm really into. Mm. So I think that if you give them a few more listens, they'll even grow on you more because they do have catchy choruses. So even if they're weird, I think you'll get more into it.
1: I did find myself coming back to it a lot. Like if I was listening to music, like on the drive home or whatever, like, yeah, I'll throw this on. It's great. Like even that. after I already wrote down, it's the a notes. great driving album. Yeah, it is. I uh, can definitely see myself picking up the uh, LP on this.
0: Yeah. One thing I did want to mention too, cause I forgot to say in the first part of the episode is if you don't think you've ever heard, they might be giants. They did the theme song to Malcolm in the middle. That's oh, the theme song I was thinking. You're of. not the boss of me now. Yeah, that makes that sense. whole thing.
1: That's that's they might be giants. Hmm.
0: Great. Let's move on. Yeah. Jimmy,
1: yeah. what you have
2: us listen to again? I forgot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had you guys listen to the Deer Hunters Act One, The Lake South, The River North, which is a part one of a five part, maybe six part. I'm not sure I think if they six maybe? I well, there are actual five albums, but I'm not sure if they're gonna do a sixth or not. Okay. Um, could be infinity. Yeah. Uh but it's a, a concept be. piece. And um, so, yeah, we're going to go through the album
2: starting with Batissimo Del Fuoco. Yeah, and- which is
1: uh, one of the album's like ongoing themes, like every single uh, these albums sort of had the theme of uh, the flame is gone, but the fire remains. OK, that uh, um,
2: I immediately know why Jimmy likes this. <laughs> uh, the it's very first track is acapella and mm. he's a he's a choir boy, yeah. as previously mentioned. Yeah. I don't have too much to say about it. I thought it was um at, at first listen I was like, okay, this is setting up something that's going to be like dramatic, like this big drama because Jimmy said mm-hmm. it's like it's a story. This album follows um a particular story. So it's setting the tone, I think. And I think it did a good job at <clears throat> getting you in a mood for what's to come, which I didn't know what was coming.
0: Yeah, and if you look at this album and the greater selection of albums as some sort of like um traditional like Broadway show or musical Mm -hmm. or something there's an old tradition going back in musical theater of um these sort of like I don't even know the terminology but these like introductions before the show actually begins that lay out not just the theme of the storyline but also the musical themes okay so if you pair this track Batissimo Del Fuoco with The Lake South I look at those together as that kind of thing
1: yep um I look at the Lake South as sort of like they're on the stage and like they're uh, like the I don't know just like it's scene setting yeah sort of like they're moving things on the stage and stuff and
2: okay yeah because it's it's the opposite uh, musically because it's just yeah. instrumental there's no voices. yeah mm-hmm. um, and I think it's interesting that three out of the eight songs on this album are that way they don't have um mm-hmm. like lyrics or they're not part of the story mm-hmm. so I thought that was interesting
0: yeah I, I tend yeah. to group them together. I almost kind of wish they were one song and just split in the middle. Like Fleet Foxes does? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also like, I mean, I guess we're sort of moving on to the Lake South. Uh, yeah. I, I think of that a little bit as that little musical interlude in the middle of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the mm-hmm. song, because it's all those brass instruments. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was cool. Interesting. I, I became very curious to know like, Okay, we've heard this weird, like, sort of classical acapella song, Mm -hmm. and then we've heard this instrumental. Mm -hmm. What is this album going to actually sound like? Yeah, I was pretty
2: excited here, because I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It could be anything.
0: And then we get to City Escape, which feels like what the band actually sounds like. Right. Yeah. Because, Jimmy, this is like... So the band releases their
2: regular albums, then they have this on the side. It's kind of like ICP's albums and their Joker
0: cards. (laughs) (laughs) But... Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't this their actual first album? It was, but this
1: was a side project for for the uh, main singer, and uh, then he got kicked out of the band, so this became his main project. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah.
2: Jeff, what did you think of City Escape? Instantly hate everything about it. Um, I knew it was a problem. I was like, okay, this is going to be like, I was really excited. And it sounds like a worse panic at the disco, which is already a garbage band. So I was like, okay, maybe it'll change. Like, I'm hoping it's changing, but that's my first impressions. Um, and like two minutes in, it gets like this weird droney thing. And I'm like, all right, I'm back. You, <laughs> caught, you caught me emotionally. Like, I'm on this journey with you. And then back to garbage instantly. I I heard this song and I was like, oh, Jeff's not going to like this singer. (laughs) And uh, then it like transitions to a weird hip hop beat. And I'm like, I'm cool with it because I'm like, all right, it's I get it. They're like messing with genres. There's already like four genres already in the first three songs. But the actual like what I would call the band
0: is not good so far. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, to me, it reminded me like my first idea was um i'm like oh this is sort of like um my chemical romance like very A little yeah uh like super dramatic and you know emotional and stuff like that and then i started thinking about um coheed and cambria and then i kept coming back to coheed and cambria because they also do long form multiple album themes yeah oh they do huh yeah. yeah good apollo i'm burning star four or something so they're like science fiction whereas this seems more rooted in like earthly like fables and stuff mm. but uh yeah i i enjoyed the first track um for me well i call it the first track but yeah. I, I enjoyed the city city escape for me it ran a bit long i liked the transitions but mm-hmm. i thought each one of them could have like been a little trimmed up i agree but i think it was a good um it brought the energy up a lot from the first two openers which i
2: liked and and then at the end we get like another transition to like this uh piano fade Mm. and I like that but then they went back again like they keep like to me it wasn't really balanced they were like fading out coming back fading and not really done it it was a little too much that's just me nitpicking
0: well I think they purposely like went to like a droney type thing which I I like because then they wanted like an abrupt transition right into the next track and lyrically because this is a story so I I I
2: looked up the lyrics because I couldn't understand the words when Mm -hmm. he was singing it's a lot of like (laughs) <laughs> right, which, which might happen in my album because a lot of people aren't familiar with hardcore, so yeah. you might not be able to... Like, I understand I'm not familiar with this genre, yeah. so I needed to look it up, and then I read the lyrics, and I have no clue for what this is about.
0: <laughs> that um, I have no clue for. I, I agree. I, I, I still
2: don't know. Like I didn't look into meanings, but reading the lyrics, I don't know what's going on, and this is the introduction to an epic. Yeah. So unless it's just like teasing us and it's not supposed to like lay things out, but I I really don't know at this point what's going on.
1: Yeah. This album kind of like, you could look at this as one single entity and like, just like, just say it's like a metaphor for like anything that you really want it to be. But it is kind of like table dressing for albums to come.
0: So, um, I, I definitely have a lot of thoughts on this, but I want to save them for the end okay? because they kind of run through each track. Yeah. Um, the Inquiry of Miss Terry. Yeah. What'd you think of this one?
2: Uh, it was a lot more ambient and chill, mm-hmm. which so far is what I'm digging on this. Yeah. Um, on this uh, album. Not so into the wailing. No. And there are more subdued vocals on this. And I still don't like his whiny vocals, but I like it when it's like more chill and flowy. Yeah. Which this song kind of was. Um, And then at four minutes, it like it builds back up, which I thought was cool. Like that was a really good build up compared to the last song when it would like drop. Build up, drop, build up, drop, and um, it's it's like mostly instrumental, but it's kind of like band geeky pandering. Hmm. If you, I, everyone's gone to high school, <laughs> uh, most people listening have, and you know, like that kind of click with the like Dream Theater, Rush oh, yeah. kind of people. Um, I feel like this is like trying to be that, and I don't know if it succeeds because it's not really my jam. But that's what I thought um
0: and then damn you mu- do you want to speak musically on this before we get into the story um to be honest this song didn't really blow me away i thought i'm a little bit more into the emotional stuff than you are like emo and pop punk and that's stuff true like that. i
2: mean i i i do f with some of it so so, so totally for me C-
0: city escape was was a stronger track than this one mm-hmm. i don't really have a lot to say on this one uh lyrically i found it to be Pretty interesting, but you had some thoughts on that as well. Yeah,
2: I mean, not many. It's this song is uh, Miss Terry is right now. I think one of the main characters, and it's can she be a good mom and also continue to be a prostitute? Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's what I got from it. Which yeah, is, that's which is fine. Pretty much like, it. Yeah, it's just it's just a chapter in the story.
0: Yeah. Um, I I have some more music theory nerd stuff to say about the next track. Yes, so do I. Okay, I had to look it
2: up because I didn't understand it. But eighteen seventy eight right it is i looked it up and it is in reference well it's the year that the story takes place so i was mm-hmm. like all right cool it's setting us in this time but it's also in reference to the seven eight time signature which i didn't pick up just from listening to it
0: because oh. i'm not that good at hearing and i'm yes. pissed at you for giving that away because i did pick it up by hearing i <laughs> counted it i counted that seven eight time <laughs>
1: signature yeah it's a weird one and i
0: appreciate that uh obviously these guys are music nerds mm-hmm. and, like i said yeah and yeah. It, it's it's cool to hear it um there's there's some stuff I like. I like the fell in another hole section towards the end. Um, that little repetitive thing. Yeah, it starts out acoustically mm. and it like gets funky. And so far
2: with with this band, that's what I'm liking. They're like doing weird things and like building and like using different instruments. And I do like that. Sometimes it feels like maybe they're using too many instruments and like trying to get like too. I don't know if it's jazzy, mm. but I don't know. Um. But yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff in this I do like, and I think it's cool when they do like a lot of music theory stuff, even though I don't really understand it too well. Yeah. Jimmy, you haven't said much. What do you think about this song?
1: <laughs> um, to be honest, these all kind of just like run down to me yeah, that's because fair. I listen to all of You listen them. to it in
2: a row, and it's not very long.
1: Yeah, so no. Long. Um, But uh, honestly, I'll give overall thoughts when we get to it.
2: Um, I do still don't like his vocals. That's The biggest thing about mm-hmm. this is I, I don't like the vocals. I get it's, that. It's like the lead singer of Thursday, but worse. It's like screamo Light. And I, I like Thursday. They're an okay band. There's a couple albums I
0: have from them. I never listen to them. He reminds me a lot of the singer of My Chemical Romance. Mm. Um,
1: then we get to the Pimp and the Priest, which is probably one of my standout songs on this album.
0: Yeah, I like this one a lot, too. Yeah,
2: it's circus It's like a waltz.
0: And there's like a cool little drum beat yep it's interesting that you say it's a waltz gym because there are several sections in three four which is a traditional waltz <laughs> time signature you're welcome um i i liked the juxtaposition of when people are down on their luck or going through hardships they tend to either turn to the pimp or the priest yeah. meaning like do you give in to the sins of the flesh or do you run towards religion and then like when looking into the lyrics, people were saying, like, oh, this is actually one character, the pimp. That's slash what priest. I got
2: from it. But I think you can have that character mm-hmm. who is the pimp and the priest, but have it be a metaphor for what you just well, said.
0: Well, and they are obviously like they're messing with that. Like right. the, there's lyrics in here that I, I wrote down um in the section where he's like, confess, oh confess, in the chap in the chapel or the brothel where we suffocate stress. So it's obviously not just the one guy they're using. He's a metaphor for people running away from their issues.
2: Yeah. I've, lyrically. And as far as the story goes, this was probably my favorite one. Yeah. Just because I like that character and that idea. Yeah. And, um, it's important to note that this is six minutes even, and we Ooh. will get back to that. Ooh. Cause I had a theory. The next song, his hands matched his tongue is also six minutes. Even, um, I didn't Dan, notice that. Why don't you start this?
0: Yeah, I mean, this song—it it didn't really jump out to me. Um, it felt a little long, which I kept running into a lot on this album. Mm-hmm. I liked a lot of the ideas for like the first three minutes, and then I was like, mm, "I don't. I think I've had enough of these lyrics and these musical ideas." Yeah, it's it's acoustic and somber. So like a lo- if you have like a fast paced
2: song like a waltz song, six minutes isn't too long. But when it's like slower six minutes feels like it could be a stretch so yeah i can see that
0: and they are making transitions which i like but it, like i said on the on an earlier track i feel like the time within each section is a bit too long i feel like they need to make the change faster
2: yeah i thought that the transitions weren't done too well in this track whereas before in other tracks they did it better
0: Hmm. um
2: and then we get the album closer so my theory was the last song is also going to be six minutes Six, 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 and it was gonna be like something really meta, but it wasn't no <laughs> there were just two tracks back to back that were exactly six minutes, yeah, order sixty six maybe who knows, yeah, they, those wild guys were thinking,
1: um, I do like the the name of the album is the Lake South, the River North, and one of the right. first songs was the lake South, and- boy, and they're the two instrumentals,
0: yeah, this is instrumental,
2: and I'm cool with it, I like that, yeah. But it's weird that more than half the track is like rain or static and clapping. So that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it it sets the stage for an act two, and and like it's presented as a play, like you use the Broadway metaphor. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. Um, The raining and the static puts you in a certain place emotionally, and then the clapping is kind of just like you watched a
0: show. Yeah, yeah, you did it. I sort of wanted to know: was this intended to be like a secret track? That little chunk at the end? I don't think so. I don't know. Because it Maybe, doesn't fully fade down to nothing. Because it is from what, like
2: 2006?
1: Seven, seven,
2: yeah. Seven, yeah. So it might have been like on a CD when people bought those. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was curious about because... Because a lot of secret tracks on Spotify are just linked to the last track. Of yeah. songs right, now. And
0: which is what this would be if that was right, the case. Right, but, uh um counterly, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like... the argument against it being a secret track is that it doesn't fully fade out to nothingness, which happens a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. But the, like, clapping and ambience and just, like, background sound that gets quieter goes on, like, way too long for me if it is supposed to be a singular idea of a song. So, I don't know. That just was, like, bothersome to me. To me, like, if you're going to do the thing, like, in the They Might Be Giants track where it fades out to nothing, it needs to, like, come back in quicker if you want it to be thought of as one piece, mm-hmm. I think it goes on almost two minutes of like ambience and quiet and clapping. And it was stuff. about half
2: the song. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So okay. f- for me, if they either intend that to be two separate thoughts or if it's supposed to be one thought, it's too long in the middle.
1: Okay. Well, I'll I'll sort of give my final push. You guys can give some overall thoughts or I could just ask the question. But um, so with this, like I said, it it sort of is just like table setting for albums to come. Um, This is part one of five parts that are out. Um, A lot of these themes do like sort of reoccur. Like I said, the flame is gone. The fire remains comes back. In the fifth one, there is there's two songs. The one says the flame is gone um, and then the fire remains, which is kind of cool. Um, there's a lot of really cool, um, it's weird because the first album is a lot of more like metaphors and stuff. And then by episode, by like track or the third album, it's like, just like straight up. It's like, the name is called like mustard gas. And he's like, yeah, there's a lot of mustard gas. Like <laughs> that, That's sort of it. Like, that's what me and my friend Colby were talking about. Like, so the, it's, it's weird because it does go through, I believe goes through the first world war and stuff too, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to give some overall thoughts.
0: Yeah. So, um, I did guess, you, okay. How can I say did this? Did you want to ask the
2: question? Cause you did say that you wanted to. No, no, I could talk something. about this now. Okay. I
0: just didn't want to keep like talking about the lyrics because to me, like I had the same problem going through the whole album, which is that I didn't understand what they were talking about until I looked up the meaning. Right. Yeah. And then once I read the meeting, I liked it, but should I be required to do that? Yeah, I, agree I, I get that. especially the city escape. I had no clue for. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, it, it goes along with what Jimmy said. They're literally like laying out the characters. Mm-hmm. So after yeah. reading the meaning, I learned that like, you know, it's about this boy and Miss Terry is his mother and the pimp prostitute is or the pimp priest is going to be like the bad guy throughout this series. But I just didn't didn't get that. Like, sure, like Miss Terry is the story of a woman, but I didn't get that she was the mother of this boy that's spoken about in City Escape and one of the other tracks.
1: I get that, but I guess my <coughs> counter argument would be like with Fleet Foxes, like the last Fleet album Foxes. that the last album that came out, I have no, clue, no I have no clue for what they were talking about in that last right, album. Right, but
0: they're also not trying to convince you that there's an overarching story. Yeah. That's true. So I I guess I want a little bit more um if you're going to say it tells a story, it needs to be a little bit clearer for me.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: But yeah, I,
1: I maybe mean, there are things outside that was that were contextualizing a little bit more. I think that
2: happens but. in a lot of things that you're close to. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. Also, we're looking at it several years in hindsight. Yeah. So maybe like yeah, as this like album came ago, out and the promotion 13. and stuff like that and the touring, maybe it was a little bit more clear. You know, people had time to really dwell on this one album and stuff. Yeah. Um. So I guess like my downsides would be uh lyrically I thought it was a little little too heavily veiled in metaphor mm-hmm. and musically I I liked the ideas I thought they were a little bit drawn out and a little bit long um on the positive side I thought the production the performances were all strong and I think they had a lot of interesting um interesting ideas like Jeff compared them to um Who's that band? Geek band. I forgot what you just said. Dream Theater. Yeah, they're like Dream Theater, but a lot better than Dream Theater. Oh yeah, Dream Dream Theater theater is is like really (laughs) corny, like metal. Yeah, this was like at least like trying some interesting things and different genres and stuff. So, so
1: yeah, goods and bads for me. Jeff, do you have any overall thoughts, or just ask the question?
0: Uh, Just ask the
2: question because I don't have anything else to add. (laughs) Okay. Based on what Dan said. See where that's coming.
1: Uh, All right, Dan and Jeff. Did I talk you into The Lake South, The River North by The Deer Hunter? No. Yeah, that's um, what I thought.
2: Yeah, I I really did like the idea of a concept. The mm-hmm. first two tracks kind of sucked me in. And last time we recorded two weeks ago, I was on my way home and I wanted to give both these albums a listen. So I just put it on Spotify, not paying too much attention, but just while I was driving. And as soon as the third track started, I was like, oh, shit, (laughs) this is this is probably going to be a no. And I I don't like to think that way going into things, but I listened to it and like every track I didn't listen to the end on the first drive home. Mm -hmm. And when I was taking notes, I was like, I, I hated it. I didn't like it at all. So because like every good thing was offset by something bad. Like I like the instrument changes and I like mm-hmm. that they are doing cool things musically. But like I said, it's like that. It, it almost felt like it was pretentious. Like, look what we can do. We know how to play these instruments and it didn't really pull it off. Well, and everything that Dan just said is like, that's like 50% of it. And like, just, the style of the actual like band's music mm-hmm. the panic at the disco emo kind of lyrics i'm just not into I get Mi- mixed with me not knowing what the hell this was about i had no idea i would have never get if i had not actually read the lyrics i'd have no idea and still i still don't really know the story
1: <laughs> to be honest like, i don't either like there's a
2: lady yeah. that got pregnant because she's a prostitute and the priest is a pimp and it's in 1878
0: that's all we get pretty much from this yeah. album. Yeah. Like, like I
2: think I, if it was, re- if this was like the first third of an album and the story continued on the same album, yeah. I'd be like, I understand the story more, but I still want to like it musically.
0: Well, and I think that's why I'm a no. I'm not as down on it as Jeff. There's a stuff that I like. Mm-hmm. When I listened to it the first time, when I got to that third, check, I, third track, I was like, oh shit, Jeff's going to hate this. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I like some of that stuff. I like my Chemical Romance. So I was like down. Like To me, I think my favorite track on the album is... Is City well, escapes. yeah, it's up there. Either that one or um, the Pimp Priest one. Um, for me, it's just that it's a they're asking you to, to make a little bit too much of a commitment with just these eight songs. I think I would have mm-hmm. been happier, like Jeff said, if this album was 12 tracks and each track was a little bit shorter but they were able to establish a little bit more of the plot and the themes. I could see that. Um it seems like a po- like a poetry jam yeah. where the poets aren't good but they think they are. Yeah. And I think the poetry was good. It just wasn't as uh, to me when you have a concept album, you're you're sort of making a promise with the listener that there's going to be a story. And and poetry doesn't require a story. So what I consider this poetry, yes, but what I consider it like um a plot? There's n- there's no plot to it in this album, no. Yeah, so um, it is called Act One.
2: Yeah. So in their defense, yes, but you presenting totally. us just Act One. But that's how they released yeah. it too. They didn't that's release true.
0: three acts at once. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I-, I totally agree that if you're like super into this album, you're psyched to hear Act Two, Three, Four, Five. Mm-hmm. For me, it's just a little bit too much of a commitment. I, I could see me like checking out some more of their stuff mm-hmm. and maybe even like making a playlist because I don't really, you don't need the story and right. Pro. Right. Cause it doesn't do anything for you. Exactly. I don't have a connection. That's kind to of the how story.
1: I am with, with the band. Yeah. So to be, to be I'm not honest.
0: as down on it as Jeff. I think I would listen to it a little bit more. Um, But yeah, I just don't know if I would go back and listen to this whole album.
1: No, I totally get that. And I did kind of give you guys a lot. Like this is a weird album. This definitely goes in weird places. And um, you don't have to apologize.
2: If yeah, you like I don't it. know. I try to be positive, no. but, but yeah. I hated it. But you like it. That's fine, Jim. You don't don't apologize for what <laughs> Did you I like. Apologize? I didn't. You, I think you were headed to that territory. <laughs> I think I would
0: like to um see the play that would be made out of this, right? Because I That'd think be if cool. it was being acted out on stage, it, it would make a lot more sense. I guarantee you, a high school has
2: tried to do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's move on to another concept yeah. Um, that I hope you guys enjoy because I, I really enjoy this. It is the feeder's Lost Ground EP. Mm-hmm. And um, as I said in the first segment, it is a story that follows uh, an African-American person who went to uh, Germany in World War II and then he comes back home. That's the story, and let's dissect it and see if you guys liked it musically and lyrically. (laughs) Uh, We'll start with you, Jimmy, with the Red, White, and Blues.
1: Yeah, so uh, we're hit with the Red, White, and Blues. We're we're listening to the narrator talk about, um, I think he's talking about how his dad was in the war. He was in the First World War. And um, first of all, hit with the genre, it's sort of weird. I I mean, I'm not super exposed to hardcore music, Mm -hmm. um, but it is like yeah why wouldn't they there be like a hardcore song about like people going to war like i don't know it just like fit really well for me yeah and the
2: thing um if you're not familiar with this genre of music a lot of recurring themes in hardcore are usually pretty personal Mm -hmm. um it's usually like friends family things that you're trying to like get better from or like you
0: know you know dan or improve like yeah Things that in your life that make you angry is a big...
2: Yeah, it's a lot of super personal stuff, and this release is nothing like that thematically. Mm. It's literally a a story which this
0: genre doesn't do often. Yeah. Well, we should say that unlike The Deer Hunter, this concept album is told from first-person point point of view. Yeah. Which I do (laughs) feel works with hardcore music because he's allowed to be outraged about things. Yeah. So... For me, in hardcore music, you always have to have something to scream about. Otherwise, the screaming seems stupid. I agree. So, and this really is something to scream about. Yeah. So this song is an interesting preface to the story because he hasn't gone to war yet. This is like the night before he ships out. Yeah, he's out drinking, The whiskey partying. burns
2: going down is the first lyric.
0: Yeah, he's, uh, he's living it up before he ships out, and
2: he's uh, he's pretty stoked. Yeah, I ain't no coward. I don't want to turn and run. And like Jimmy said, he's... Um, his, his father served in the war. Mm-hmm. Um, the Great his, War. Yeah. His mother had passed, and his night ends with him going to the cemetery
0: to yeah. his mom's grave. Mm-hmm. Little like strange thing here is his mom died in 1943, which even if it's that year, he's shipping out pretty late in the war. Yeah, the war yeah. ended in 45, but yeah. I mean, they yeah. didn't know when it was
2: going to end. Yeah. It could have been Well, no, but years. I'm just
0: saying if you were going to set a fictitious story, I thought that was an interesting choice. Right. Um, but
2: then it it it's kind of good to sit at the end because you know there's more songs and you know based on what I told you that he comes home, so mm-hmm. the war ended, he came home. So this might be 1944. Um, yeah. It might be
0: early 45. Well, and spoiler alert, he doesn't last very long in the war. <laughs> I mean, I thought no. this was a war album, and there's really like one song. Yeah, yet. no, it's not. Um, but musically, um yeah. So that's what I wanted think. to touch on. Um, I've listened to a lot of hardcore music. I've been in a lot of hardcore yep. bands. It's incredibly predictable listening okay. to this. Yeah. Every time there was a transition, I was like predicting like hmm. what was going to happen next. That's very fair. Yeah. But that's the reason why you like this type of music. That's the reason why I liked it. Oh, <laughs> I don't listen to a lot of hardcore now, but uh, yeah, it's fine. It's good. The production is good. Mm-hmm. I really like the storyline. I love but... the bass sound. You're instantly hit with that. right yeah. from the Start. Um, but yeah, uh, the music was good. I just wasn't anything like very exciting or world changing to me. So
2: the narrator is shipping out and then we get to the second track, the bite and the sting.
1: Yeah. This sort of hits you with like the cool, like harsh reality of, uh, being at war, being in the trenches. Uh, he's in Germany. Um, and he's like, sort of like, he's at the calm of the storm. Um, and then all of a sudden he just like gets blasted with, with German soldiers
0: yeah and it's a buildup too yeah um i think that this lyrically this song does the best job on the ep of um like presenting imagery it does um i mean i'll get into the lyrics my overall thoughts but i think uh just even like where the the title comes from
2: it's referring to the coldness of being in the trenches for days
0: yeah and so i really like that and i also like sort of the themes of the futility of war, of war. Right. And how like this track is not about like why they're fighting or like so many times world war two is wrapped up in the message of like why we needed to go over there mm-hmm. and, yeah. and the meaning behind it. This is really about like the absurd futility of like to the average Joe. He was just like laying in a trench in the snow for days doing nothing.
2: And it's just that they, they capture that waiting and anticipation. Yep the helplessness and hopelessness of like just waiting to die. You hear bombs dropping, you know, they're coming for you. You hear the soldiers coming to you and you don't know what's going to happen. Like you're probably going to die and you know that, and you're just waiting for it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And really, really hits you deep. Yeah. And it's interesting that we were saying that like pretty much the war is summed up in this one track, like the war itself, the actual fighting. Yeah and if you actually read the lyrics the actual fighting is summed up in one verse Yeah, (laughs) it goes from him like waiting around being cold being afraid hearing the oncoming battle and then like the battle happens he literally says it all happens too fast and then he's shot or gets shrapnel wound or something we don't know exactly he gets wounded and the end of the song he wakes up in a hospital bed
2: and that I think that's great because this album isn't a war album. It's about and being in America. Yeah, that and mm. this sets that up and it gives you a lot of like this is setting up how he becomes who he becomes when he gets home
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, emotionally, mentally. And then um, that leads into a wound and a scar
1: yeah this is a dark one it's yeah. all about like being in like survivor's guilt it's and
2: it's 100% survival's guilt it, I mean he's literally describing lowering his friends into the ground mm-hmm.
1: and yeah. how he's like the the sound of uh, like the coffins like um, being closed and stuff it's like haunting him
2: why them and not me yeah, yeah he chants literally. it over and over again it just it and, and the repetition of that <clears throat> it makes you think like that's it consumes him that's all he's thinking about over and over again
0: yeah I I don't have a lot to say uh, musically about a lot of songs. Oh really? In this album,
2: including this one, because I have a lot about this
0: one. Well, go for it.
2: I like how the snare drums. It's reminiscent of like military drums, but mm-hmm. more somber, a lot more slowed down, and a lot of the parts, like the buildups, it's like a train slowly chugging. And I don't know if you pick that up, just like a maybe a thematic thing. I could I've, see I've that, always yeah. thought that, and like there's um there's guitar with no distortion in the beginning and like for hardcore it does that it's not like unheard of but Mm -hmm. like dan was saying that you know it's predictable and that's why he doesn't like certain kinds of hardcore but i think this stands out because they do certain different things and there's like very subtle strings i don't know if you picked up on that in Mm. the background that said an ambience and i don't know yeah Yeah. in in the very intro nothing crazy like you wouldn't even pick it out as strings yeah but it is and the music remains quiet and they do that thing that I liked about Touche Amore. If you listen to that episode of talk me into where the music and the vocals work with each other. And they set like the music is quiet while he's still screaming. So his screaming comes through louder. And that shows the emotion that Dan was talking about. Like, you know, when you're angry, like it's really showing this, this anger and sadness and it pierces through Mm. the quieter music that isn't typically known in this genre. Yeah. Um and, and at the end, just to finish, after this big buildup of the hardcore and him screaming like in his head, it goes back to that slow chugging of like a train.
0: I guess to juxtapose what you said, I, I'll say that like, although that may work for the storyline, mm-hmm. it feels like a crutch when you have these hardcore bands where the singers only scream. Like what That's I fair. liked about stage four by Touche Amour is that he was willing to like try getting into singing. So... That was the first time they did that in Touche Amore
2: in the album. And I'm not saying, I don't know if I talked you into this album, but if you want to hear more Defeater on their next full length album, the last three or four songs are acoustic and the singer sings and he can sing. Mm -hmm. So I guess he, since he can do it, I think he probably should. So I'm agreeing with you. There's
0: moments in this EP where I thought it was a little ridiculous just to be screaming. Like it could have like called for singing. Okay. Jimmy, you have anything to say about this
1: track? This track, no. Nothing really in particular. Um, just like I said earlier, Musical. the survivor's guilt. Yep.
0: I want to talk about the next track. Okay. Start it H- off. Home Ain't Never Home. Yes. Um, This one feels like to me, um, and there's moments across this EP that feel this, feel like this, but it kept reminding me of a hardcore band's interpretation of the song Born in the USA. Yeah, okay. By Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Because he's, you know, he's born down in a dead man's town. First kick he took <laughs> was when he hit the ground. But, no, he's back. He's back in his his hometown. He's obviously, like, mentally not well. He's he's dealing with survivor's guilt and depression. And, and he's relying on, on alcohol a lot. And just, like, kicking a dog that's down. Yep. It's like, because of the color of his skin, he's not getting the respect that would be Given to other veterans of World War Two, right? And
2: this is the first track. You're on
0: track, you know, four out of six, where you find out the color
2: of the Mm soldier's skin.
1: Yeah, I do like that he held that fact for this song. I I thought it was it was cool to uh to sort of keep things and like have things being revealed, like in this song. Like, there's also um a line about how his flask saved him but it's also killing him, which I thought was also really yeah, cool. I
2: don't remember which song that is, but
0: I do know that. It weird. is this song. Okay.
1: Uh, I, I I like the fact that he sort of like dropped some like hints towards like the character in this.
0: Yeah. To me, um, obviously like he has reasons for being upset. Like he can't even find a job. Yeah. Um, right. but also if the last track is about survivor's guilt, this song, this track is about depression to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you're looking at someone who can only focus on the negative. So he talks about, um, how his mother's God is nothing but a thief. Right. And and like, to me, that's so common that like he literally survived being shot in another part of the world in the freezing cold, but he's, he can only see the negative. He can only see his friends who died and things like that. So, um, I just think it's an interesting, interesting take. And his idea that he's gonna, gonna leave this town and things are going to get so much better and he's going to head up North.
2: Yeah. And it's the, the wording of that is very interesting um, how he refers to God as her God, meaning his mother's God, yeah. not his God, um, because he does think that God turned his
0: back on him. Well, and it's also a literal interpretation because he's referencing his mother's prayer book. Yes. So his connection to God is through his mother's prayer book.
1: Yeah, that felt to me like stage four a little bit too.
0: Yeah. So there are a lot of recurring theme and, and this theme
2: does come back in future songs on this release. And yeah. I, I immediately thought of the stage four song as well mm-hmm. from Touche Amore. There's a lot of doubt and blaming God for the bad things. Like if God does exist, why is my mother dead? In both of these cases, their mothers died.
0: It's interesting though, his mother was dead before the issue, before the story started. But again, like with depression, when things seem to pile up on you, it's almost like that loss is weighing on him heavier because he's in this state, this mental state. And she was young, she was 42 years old. Yeah. So, yeah. So the song ends with him talking about hopping on a train and heading north where things are going to be better. Yes. Then we we get get to sing in New York town. Exactly. Things are not better, Jeff. Nope.
2: (laughs) Hope in NYC will treat a person better than the South does. And you find out instantly in the alleys where I sleep, I beg and beg for the food I eat. He's a homeless man and he doesn't know what to do. He went there without a plan and he has no money. And uh, he's
0: just playing a guitar. Trying to get by. And so we learn again that Jeff has picked another really upbeat, positive (laughs) album for us to listen to. It's true. It's so positive.
2: But I I really did like that line because it mirrors his time in the trenches where he's just he's starving in cold, but in his home country in a time of peace.
1: For this song, I didn't like it that much. Uh, I thought it was a little bit too fast and frantic for me to like sort of follow along. Hmm, Okay. Um, like I like, I'm starting to realize that I like hardcore music, so I'm still getting used to it. (laughs) Yeah. We talked Um, you into it. So it, it, it's interesting. Maybe I'm just not like exposed to it that much, but for this song, I just couldn't really grasp anything.
0: My issue with this track is that I feel like musically, it didn't really blow me away. Um, and lyrically, it felt sort of redundant. It felt like yeah. the last song, but now we're in New York. Yeah. No, I think that it's not redundant. It's building. Like like
2: I just said, like it mirrors the trenches part. And then at the end of the song, I beg and I plead for her God to hear me. He's just a coward, just a thief. And we established that in the last. No, track, I know. Though. But at this point now in this song, he's like, I'm going to give God a try. I'm praying to him. I want him to hear me. I want him to answer me. And then he didn't give God a try before. Now he is. Mm. And he's not getting an answer. So now he's just like
0: in desperation
2: down. mode. Yeah. And people do do that in situations. They don't care about God until they need him. Yeah. And that's what happened here. And he's, he's starting to turn around because things get worse. And he's like, maybe my mom was right. He even mentioned her, her home in the Southern ground. Like, yeah, you know, maybe she was right. She's at peace but she's dead. How can that be? Maybe it's for me. And I don't know. I don't think that it's redundant. I think that it's building on these themes and even musically in the middle of the song, everything drops out except for that like slow guitar. And then there's a pause, a very brief pause, but it's almost like his last breath before he's getting on his knees, screaming to God for help.
0: I liked um, the moment where things sort of break down to just guitar yeah and uh it's sort of reflective of his playing guitar for his money mm-hmm. or whatever basically um but yeah i almost would have thought you know one of the times through of listening through this i thought this album would have been a lot more effective and very interesting if they had every track run into each other and feel like one huge song and especially okay, I mean, this one and the one that's prior I mean, it's, that's a fair i just ask. think that a, it's very tight thematically And the lyrics are a lot more on the nose than the last, you know, album Mm -hmm. that we talked about. Um, So I think creatively, even if it was just these two tracks, it would have been cool if this was one big thing. Because it's basically like he's hitting bottom. And like... Are Are you saying that
2: because these last two tracks do that? Because there is a good transition between the two songs. It's almost flawless.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just... I feel like they could have just combined ideas from the New York song with the prior song.
2: Oh, not uh, singing New York streets
0: to begging in the slums. because no, those other way two around. songs
2: run together pretty yeah. closely, pretty well.
0: Yeah, but uh, begging in the slums is probably my favorite song on the album. Right,
2: and it starts off
0: like it transitions with a guitar, but there's also a bluesy guitar leads that yeah. definitely aren't seen in hardcore. That's what that's what my comment was. That's the most interesting thing musically on this album. Right, is this blues guitar part. And there's like heavy toms throughout. Yeah. And Um, it's fitting to the themes of like, like there's a big movement, a migration of African American people from the South to the North post-World War II. And literally that's where like Chicago blues came from. Right. It was like these blues musicians moved up North and went electric. So that was kind of like an interesting reflection of like um, that time period and what was going on with that music genre to force into this hardcore song was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, you got a whole lot more out of it than I did. Um, I I just thought it was like a a depressing ass end to the album, Um, which I guess it sort of is too, but.
2: And there's that line, I lie awake listening to the trains, and it's the themes and music are just like running throughout. Because even like before they mentioned trains, I picked up like that.
0: Yeah. Kind of like country. I could see that. Train chug. There is a little bright spot at the end though, Jim. Is it though? (laughs) I mean, yes. Not for him. Yeah. But maybe he was able to inspire someone who he saw a connection with. But I think that gave him peace knowing that
2: even though his life is already done, he can't recover from it.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. People in his situation who are a little bit younger might see him and try to do better or know like, at least I'm not him. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and it is ambiguous. You don't know how what happens to his life after this, but that's not really the
0: point of this story. I take it? Well, we do know what happens in his life after this. Not the main character, but the boy. Oh, yeah. Do you know this connection? I don't. So I don't the I know that the there's a the boy in there. But thanks to uh, Genius lyrics right. behind the thing. Uh, I'm just going to read this right off their website. At the end of the track, the World War II veteran starts to play his acoustic guitar. The chords he play, The chords he plays are the same chords from the acoustic section of... Profit in Plain Clothes from the band's debut album, Travels. Oh, okay. So that's him playing, supposedly, story-wise. This reveals that this character is, in fact, the man who the younger brother in Travels heard linking the EP to the album. That's so even cooler than I thought. The person that he <laughs> links eyes with is a character from Travels. The sad thing is that character ends up meeting a tragic end in Travels. Yeah. Yeah. There's so, a lot of tragedy. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I think that's cool that they connected it with that a prior cool. album because
2: the the guitar chug that that like fades out, and I just took that as like he's just living his life, like on the trains, just traveling. Right, around.
0: he's gonna just keep playing and stuff.
2: Oh, okay,
1: that's interesting. Wow. I didn't know that. I I didn't either because I don't know anything.
2: Any
0: <laughs> overall thoughts? Final thoughts before I ask the the big question, Marco. Uh, my overall thoughts are. I kind of had some issues with the lyrics but for the literal opposite reason of um, Jimmy's album, the Deer Hunter album. Okay. um, I think they did a a much better job telling the story and the plot and things like that. I don't know if they went deep enough at some points. There were moments where I felt like we were getting like a three-dimensional look at what this character is going through but not enough. Um I just thought they could have used a little more depth and a little bit more imagery, maybe just to like sort of thicken out each song sort of had its own, like, this is my one emotion of this like song. And I thought they could have gone a little bit deeper. That that was really my only complaint musically. I, I thought it was a, uh, it was very good for this genre. Um, it reminded me a lot of later have heart and verse. Okay. um, I just don't know if they broke enough ground to be, like, interesting. Like, I'm not listening to a lot of hardcore music right now because I think a lot of it sounds the same. And the reason why I grabbed onto Touche Amore is because I think it's strange enough and unique enough that there's, like, an artistic bend to it. I don't know if I got enough out of this. Not saying Defeater's not that way. Maybe on future releases, they really, like, break some new ground. This
2: is pretty much Defeater. Yeah. So that's why I picked this short six songs because, like... If you like this genre of music, you will like them, and they do stuff outside of the box. Like their next debut album, I can't think of the name of it, and I've listened to it so many times. Hmm. Um, but they do have like twelve hardcore songs, and at the end, you mean their like,
0: next full length album? Yeah, their
2: next full length album. There's like three acoustic songs that do tell a story. Um, I didn't actually, I didn't link it to this. I didn't know that. And like they, they have three more albums after that, and they're good. I listen to them every now and then, but they're nothing. They're not like. They're they're better than generic, standard, hardcore, chug, 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 everything sounds the same. They're different enough to me to where I actually really like them, mm-hmm. but they're not, like, touche amore, mm-hmm. like, that kind of post-hardcore, screamo-y kind of hardcore. Yeah. Jim, do you have any overall thoughts? Um,
1: I do, but I think you should ask me the question.
2: First. It's going to be a no from Jim. I've heard you that before. Know. I did it myself this episode. <laughs> Fellas! Did I talk you into Defeater's Lost Ground? No. No. Wow, a no from Dan. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. I thought that you would
0: still like it. Yeah. This was honestly like the hardest one I've had to decide in a long time because there's nothing I really disliked about it. There's just not enough that I liked. Not even the story? The story was fine, but I just don't know. This is like. it's a pretty standard like post war story, okay, I just thought the whole thing like it's interesting what you said that um it's different enough from the like generic hardcore, yeah. to be something that you like, and I agree like there's a lot of like bad hardcore and this is not that mm-hmm. right, um what I'll say is that I sort of don't listen to a lot of hardcore and the stuff that I already like and have like um an emotional connection and 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 sort of like um nostalgia for is already locked in place and this doesn't do anything to sort of cut through that to me Mm. this could just go along like in other words if i want to listen to this type of music i'll listen to half heart because i already loved half heart for many years and know all the words to those songs Mm -hmm. it doesn't um it doesn't firmly stake a place in that genre for me
1: okay okay Okay. Now I get to talk. Yeah. Um so shit all over it, Jim. <laughs> shit all over it. No, I thought it was fine. Um I think it's it, I think it's a good album, but it doesn't have any re listenability to me. Um to me, like like I did the Deer Hunter, I believe like you can listen to that a bunch of times, get a lot of different interpretations. Here it's pretty straightforward. It's just a a, a guy who got shipped off to Germany. Yeah, just a guy. Well, shipped off to World War World War Two. <laughs> Uh well my big complaint about that I don't feel that it was personal enough. Um wow. Oh you mean to the
2: singer? To the to the guy who wrote the songs or no, to I, the narrator? Uh
1: I don't think that uh we got enough about the narrator other I than the fact that That's all you really
0: need. It's super generic. I agree with Jimmy. I kept picturing Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump even though that was <laughs> Vietnam. It's literally that story. Basically. Yeah, no, it yeah. is. But I
2: mean, even now you still have it. You I have, wanted more details. You have people of color fighting, American people of color fighting wars, coming back home wounded mentally or physically and getting called uh, derogatory words because they're brown. Yeah. Or they're Muslim or this. And... I'm not saying it's invalid. I just. Oh, I know it's not invalid, but I'm saying it. it I think you're like, oh, it's the same story. It's Vietnam. It's World War II. That to me makes it better because it's still happening now. This was 80 years ago mm-hmm. yeah. and the same shit is still happening for pointless, stupid wars. And a lot of that, like even that one song that's about war, like that's the feeling I get. They're just sitting cold in a hole in the ground, listen, waiting to die for stupid reasons. And I'm not saying, you know, not ending uh, Hitler's reign was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But the fact that that happened, like just humans are just bad inherently.
1: Yeah, uh, I get that. I liked I liked the themes of the, the album. I liked the music. I thought it was fine. I just don't think that I would want to go back to this because I don't think I can get anything more out of it than listening to it the first time I did.
0: I'm I'm going to say something right now that's going to really piss Jeff off. Uh oh. I'm
1: not
2: good at, I'm not as good at taking notes as Jimmy
0: is. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, please just grit your teeth and hear me out before you comment. There's, there's a level, there's an underlying thing that I have a problem with. And maybe with I'm, no, with this album <laughs> that maybe I'm overanalyzing, but I know, I know where this is going. Just knowing you, I know where this is going. This is an all-white band mm-hmm. that is choosing to tell this story, which is fine. So it's invalid. It, no, I'm it not saying happen. that.
2: African Americans didn't serve in but the this wars didn't and were put happen, on the front line.
0: Because they're not telling a specific story. They're But just things like, like this happen. Who, yeah, but wouldn't can't... it be more authentic if they told a specific story? If they found a guy I don't history? know.
2: Maybe, maybe not. But it, it's just a little bit... Um, I don't agree with you that somebody of one... Background can't tell a story about
0: people of other. That's not what I said. That's exactly what you said. No, I said they shouldn't tell a generic one.
2: But it's a gen. You're saying generic because it happens all the time. But it did happen all the time. But it's fictional. Okay, so is a lot of great things that you like that tell a story. It's a parable. Maybe that's the wrong word.
0: It just. It would have felt more. I don't know. More natural, authentic. Thank you. If they were like, here's a guy in history who got really screwed over by the system. Instead, they were just like, sucks to be black.
2: I don't think... I think that it's it's not even about... Th- the, the color of his skin is obviously important. And it take, they don't even mention it till the fourth track for a reason. Mm-hmm. At first, you're like, this is a soldier. And this story is about a soldier getting effed over. And then he comes home and you're like, oh, it's a black soldier. He has to deal with additional problems because society... 80 years ago or 70 years ago when this was released was so intolerant that even this guy who's like, I'm going to go and fight for my country and, and try to save it and save the world and save people across the world comes back. And he's like, Oh yeah, but you're black. F you. That That
0: happens now. Like I just said, I just just wish they had taken the extra step of like researching a real case. I don't think that should matter. I under, I, I accept your no for the reasons you gave, but that point
1: I don't agree with. Okay. We don't have to agree. Great. And that's what this podcast is for, guys. Yeah. Great. Yeah. We're ending this on a happy note, Jeff. Great. It's (laughs) fine. I don't dislike it. I I, enjoyed listening to it. it. I just
2: don't agree with that point, so I gave my counter-argument. And then you just said great 60 times. Great. Great. (laughs) Jimmy, Jimmy, what
1: are we doing next week? Next week, we're doing my favorite show ever, guys. We're doing... Bojack Horseman. Oh, great! Is this really your favorite Wait, show ever? But Jimmy, yeah. is
0: this
2: show written by a horseman? Because if it's not, I can't take it seriously. Or I didn't say I couldn't
0: take it seriously. Oh, it, that did was did they pick a real horse? It's a little like, bit Mr. white privilege. I,
2: I never got into Mr. Ed because it wasn't based on a real horse. Now Secretariat.
0: Oh, yeah. Their sea
2: biscuit—that's another story. They yeah.
0: probably—you probably shouldn't be into Mister. They probably beat the shit out of that horse. They probably <laughs> oh. tortured it. They probably did actually.
1: <laughs> but next week we are doing BoJack Horseman. Uh, like I said, it's probably my favorite show. Um, it's going to be an interesting one because we're going to watch a full season, guys. Oh, oh. No. Yeah.
2: I- At least these are probably like 22-minute episodes and not hour-long British set pieces.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's about that. (laughs) We're going to watch the first season, and next week I am going to convince Dan and Jeff into liking the prestigy animated television show. Which is in the cultural zeitgeist. Yes, (laughs) because uh, the new season is dropping very soon, and it's going to be dropped by the time that uh, we're talking about it. So Dropped on the floor. Yeah, hope you guys like it. So in the meantime, Dan, where can people find the show online? You could
0: find us at www.talkmeinto.com backslash backslash Jeff is full of white privilege. Wow! <laughs> oh, wow! Just kidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you can also find us on Twitter at Talk Me Into. We're on Facebook. Somewhat. Uh, you can email us Talk Me Into at gmail.com if you feel so inclined. Jeff. Where are you personally found? You could find me on... I'm not making that joke.
2: (laughs) I had like three jokes running in my head,
0: but I'm not going to say them. Why Uh, don't you mansplain to me why Defeater is good, Jeff?
2: Can we change the name of the show Mansplain Me Into? Yes. You could find me on Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F. F- sorry, I got to jump in here because that was, was such
0: a good idea. Let's get one more host who's female, and every episode is all three talking her into something. She never gets to talk us into anything. That's mansplaining me into.
1: That's a good one. All right, Jeff. Sorry, Jimmy. Where can people find <laughs> you? You can find me at Son of a Fitch, S O N N A V A F I T C H on 4chan. And, uh, <laughs> Just kidding! You can't find me on there. That's very bad. Bad website. Don't go on there. And uh, that's on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for listening. To what talk about me? Into- oh, oh, yo! I thought you already went. I oh, didn't sorry. say my own. Dan, where can people find you on? I'm
0: on Twitter with all the other white podcasters <laughs> under the name Danny Underscore
1: Breakdown. Thank you for listening to talk me into. Well, what will we mansplain you into next? Lock her up. The last Jedi.
2: I have to shit so bad (laughs) for like 25 minutes I'm cold
1: that was recorded
0: Uh, so which record round table number 3 give
2: me one second I I wish we named the second one like the flip side and this one could have been like the third one (laughs) (laughs)
1: the flip side would have been good yeah it would have been but i had done goofed side c or side b yeah
2: this one could have been record round table 33 and a third
1: oh oh boy did i goof now we need to do we should just uh,
2: retroactively rename the second <laughs> one.
1: retcon or we just need to do um 30 more and then the next
2: one will be 45 Mm. P.M. <laughs> have thirty
1: more. Yeah, just, just do, 30 do thirty more 30 episodes albums. right now. Just I don't know thirty that. albums total.
2: <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard ten albums. What's an album? Okay, fellas. <clears throat> right, I'm gonna wait you to get your headphones on, and then I'm gonna start.
1: Great. You're probably gonna have to, you know some of that
2: out. Yeah. Like all
1: of it. Yeah, all. no, that's all going to be cut out, but I just want not to not end that. of
2: episode either. Just no, completely. Th- let's restart out. the whole episode. Okay. <laughs> from episode one. <laughs> yeah. Let's restart. The you problem. can leave the part in about us talking about cutting it out and put it at the end of the episode. <laughs> but the part that we want you to cut out actually cut out because it's not entertaining.
1: Okay. okay, but don't cut out that part. Where no, you have the part where, where I'm describing
2: it in. needs to be at the end. So all-
1: should I also be putting this part in? Yeah. Yes. Yes. This is all going at the end.
2: Okay. And not necessarily this episode. Put it like an episode three one. Way. just really or throw go back and put book.
0: it in episode four that would be really throw <laughs> people, people
2: who off. are starting from the beginning are like wow these guys have a great <laughs> rapport and they sound better than the rest of this episode
0: mm-hmm. Cool our way with a smile. Take time to tell me you really care And we'll share tomorrow together Baby, I'll always love you forever
2: How do you know words to every song? (laughs) I knew like four of them. It was just going. "Eh, eh,
0: eh." It's a curse. (laughs) Is it? I can't remember my own life, but I can remember words to obscure R&B songs of the 90s. All right. Are we ready? Huh? Are we recording?
1: Yes, we are.